Hey, awesome nerds, and welcome to another episode of D&D and TV, the podcast where we rewatch shows that we really enjoy and talk about how the characters, concepts, and themes can be used in the role-playing games that we play. I am your host, Jeremy, and I am joined by my good friend, Meek, who uh, wishes she could tie a cherry stem into a knot just using her tongue. Absolutely. Skill I missed out on learning somewhere in my life. What do schools teach people these days? Well, not that. Yeah. Actually, you know what? As a teacher, I'm actually glad that I don't teach that. Maybe that's a parent thing. <laughs> that's a parent. There you go. You've heard it here first. Yeah. Parents, if you yeah. want kids to have life skills, uh, teach them how to yeah. tie cherry stems in the knot with the tongue. And yeah. that is because it occurs in this episode, uh, which mm-hmm. is, well, the episode we're talking about today. We are talking about 2007's Gossip Girl, the Stephanie Schwartz and other way around, Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage show. Uh, that aired many, many years ago, 2007, in fact. We are talking about episodes... Please don't say many, many. Many, many. It was not many, many. It's just one many. It was many. 2007. It was, it was, it was Some. you know, fairly but, recently. Okay, fairly recently. Fairly recently. Long enough that there's been a reboot since then. <laughs> we are talking about episode seven of season one, Victor Victrola. It was directed by Tony Wambi and written by K.G. Steinberg. In this episode, Serena and Dan finally acknowledge they are crazy about each other. Jenny discovers a secret about her parents. Blair is once again devastated by Nate's actions. I, okay, we'll talk about the synopsis in a little bit, I think, because that doesn't really cover what happens in this episode. But let's talk about no. the title. Let us talk about the yes. episode title, which is Victor Vitrola, because all of these episodes mm. are taken from different films uh, or they're referencing different films. Uh, Very and, cleverly. Uh, do, do you know which film this is referencing, Meek? Yes. Wh- what film is it referencing? Without Victor, Googling. Victor Victoria? It is indeed re- referencing Victor Victoria, which was an Ed Wood film. Uh, one of his yes. very, very early ones, which I believe he did before Plan 9 from Outer Space. This was the one that uh, covered, uh, well, I know it from the Tim Burton film where it was very much about cross-dressing. I don't know what the film itself was about. I think it was after, it's, it's so, yep. Okay, we have decided. Think- our, our research has been done. Uh, you know what, we know the film exists and given that yeah. it's Ed Wood, I'm not going to go back and watch it. But it is famous for being an Ed Wood film, given that Plan 9 from Outer Space is considered one of the worst films in the universe. This is a spoiler-free podcast where we do not talk about future episodes. We might have some sort of foreshadowing uh, if we really have to, or if I actually remember what happens in future episodes. But there is one particular event in the very final episode that we do learn. Uh, we learn that Dan Humphrey... The, um, the character from the very beginning of the show is, in fact, the, the mysterious figure known as Gossip Girl. Uh, so we will be... We will be Every viewing this surprise. entire... <laughs> we'll be viewing this entire series through that lens to see whether it was planned or whether it was an arse pull at the very last moment. Fun fact. I've been reading up... Actually, you know, because I come to these recordings extremely researched and extremely prepared, Jerry. Oh, we both do, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yes, yes, absolutely. But I've actually been watching a lot of YouTube things now about Dan and being Gossip Girl and reading articles. And it's been quite uh, exciting to really see the genius at work. Yeah, that and going back to 2012, that would have been fantastic. Yeah. 2012 YouTube would be a sight to see, I'm sure. 
Well, given these are mostly done in the last three or four years, um, but people just going back and really just shining a light on what a creative choice that was to make Dan Humphrey's Gossip Girl and what a well thought out choice and how they planted the seeds from so earlier on with like no plot holes whatsoever None. to upset that plot line. It is airtight. Like, like the Titanic. Is. Yep. <laughs> I know what you said there, but the Titanic stayed up for a pretty good long amount of time, really. If you, think I about would, it. you know what? The Titanic has been underwater longer than it was above water. Well, and we haven't even discovered most of the ocean yet. So we just haven't discovered most of the beauty of Gossip Girl yet because it's all hidden under the ocean. That was an impressive segue. I Well done. I applaud you. You should take over the segue duties rather than leaving them to me because now I have to go into the episode itself. Let us talk about the synopsis for the episode that I mentioned earlier because I feel yeah. that that did not really cover any of the stuff that happens here. Oh, one word can cover this episode. What's that? Sex. See, I just That's what this episode's about. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, I was trying to be polite. No, it's not polite uh, sex. It's, it's fucking. No, it's teen sex. It's very cute and awkward and, you know, know. lovely. It, it is a little awkward, isn't it? Oh, Dan Humphreys is the... Here to be of awkward in this. Oh, he is, in this oh I for, I'd forgotten about those his dream sequences. Oh my god, yes, yes he is so awkward. The dream awkward. sequences. Oh the my good, god, like the research, the art house films, the uh, like art the house in the uh, yeah, <laughs> art house. Um, the tabletop coffee table book of the Kama Sutra that makes an appearance at one point. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> I should have rewatched this before we started recording because, oh my God, all of this has all suddenly come flooding back into my brain. Yes. Yes. Right. Hey, you're having the experience I usually have on this podcast. That's great. Yeah, that's um, great. <laughs> it's fun, right? Yeah. It's like reliving the episode. Uh, <laughs> no, but it is, it is like just quintessential. If Dan, like if I feel like if Dan was a girl, the only thing that was missing was like a Dolly Doctor magazine open to a page about like, you know, how to like get an erection? I don't know. Use ice on someone's nipples. I don't know. I've oh god, it would be too. More advice that got given to me in like cosmopolitan, you know, advice columns from circa two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. Something like how to tie a cherry stem in a knot using just <laughs> Probably, your tongue. Probably, <laughs> but I, I read would... a lot of cosmopolitan magazine. I feel like I would have learned that. I would like to see Dan try that. To tell the truth. Just to show off and be like, look what I can do, Serena. And I feel that Serena would be like. Yeah. Yeah, into him yeah. now. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. it it doesn't hold back. The episode is very much, this is what you're going to get from the very beginning because it starts off in a burlesque club. Yes. Which, um, Which if anyone remembers, but like I remember when burlesque was first becoming, like burlesque today is like, you know, you turn your head in this burlesque, like especially because yeah. we live here in the cultural hub that is Melbourne, like, you know, outside of lockdown, you can throw a dart in any given night. I could find, like, what type of burlesque do you want? Do you want nerdy burlesque? Do you want classic burlesque? Do you want neo-burlesque? Do you want, like, drag burlesque? Do you want, like, theatre burlesque? Do you want, like, you know, art house burlesque? There is... But I remember when it was first starting. Oh, like, yeah, back was, in I 2007. The first show. Well, like, okay, yes. I mean, I know that burlesque has been around since, what, the 20s? No, no I'm not being Earlier? facetious. I believe it was in this oh. Gossip Girl episode because, um, I mean, it was earlier than that. It was like 1890s or something. Burlesque's like going oh, way back yeah, before right. the American oh, Civil Oh, yeah, of War. course, because like Wild West times. Yeah. 
Yeah, burlesque house. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, probably, I'd say a late 18th century without, you know, I mean, doing probably any the sort Jurassic of research. era. There was probably a dinosaur <laughs> that had some moves once upon a time. Oh my god! If someone was to send us a thing of a T Rex doing the can can, please, please. I've seen a burlesque routine of. I've seen a burlesque routine of someone do it in one of those inflatable dino costumes and their routine is them getting out of the inflatable dino costume and it starts off as a dino had like bedazzled pasties and stuff on. So that was, you know, because the art of burlesque is getting undressed yeah. for those who don't know yeah. what burlesque is. Some uh, yeah, they don't live in the cultural like, hub yeah. of Melbourne. They don't know these yeah. things. <laughs> hey, I lived in Perth and we had burlesque, so Perth had it. Well, that was the thing that around yeah, 2007, I'd say probably 2005, maybe 2006, burlesque had this mm. huge resurgence in popular culture. And I feel that this episode Pussy was kind of... Dolls? Yeah, Pussycat Dolls kind of kicked it off into the mainstream. But since then, it has just been around. And I feel that this episode actually, I would say, preceded a lot of the zeitgeist around burlesque, that this was one of the influences around it. Without yeah. you know, any sort of... Um, uh, pop culture research on my part i feel that this was one of those ones that went yeah burlesque isn't just something that you do when you go to vegas it's uh something that people oh. with wealth do and it's class yes no sorry i'm just having because as you said that christina aguilera doing like you know candy remember when christina aguilera had that real vintage phase um this yeah. is also like britney circus that when you she had that real vintagey circus feel oh god i miss this era i miss it so much this was my time to shine i love this era it's interesting um, that Moulin Rouge was a lot earlier than this as well. And Moulin yes. Rouge, I feel, predated a lot of it and, again, paved the way for this return to burlesque. Moulin Rouge is my literal favourite movie in the world ever. I think you Top may have mentioned ladder. it on the on the podcast before that Moulin Rouge is your favourite. And we will do it as a Patreon, provided we actually have a Patreon. I was, just before lockdown, I actually went to a burlesque in Melbourne. And Ooh, one, one of my first... See. Uh, I can't remember what it, I can't remember who the end of the was. It's yeah. like there's a hun- there's hundreds of performers. Uh, I felt very bad because being one of my first times, I wasn't actually sure when I was meant to clap. And there are a number of times where it seemed very much that the performer was challenging everyone to like, no, no, you shout, you woo now. I'm like, everyone yeah. seems to know what to do. I don't know what to do. Um, yeah. How do I know? <laughs> so that was uh, yeah, an interesting yeah. experience for me. Amazing. Did you remember? Do you remember any of the routines? Like, was there? Because I love as well. Like, as burlesque, as, like, because for the first few years, I remember watching it. You got a lot of the same stuff. You got a lot of the same very classic, like pastels and maybe black, like feathers and stuff. Very classic. And you had like the neo stuff. But now people really push the limits. Like one of my favorite routines is a Melbourne artist called Megs Akimbo, and she's more of like a comedy burlesque. And one of her, I still remember watching her do this routine to "It's Raining Men." And the last thing she did is she like finished the routine. She had an umbrella that had like all these like. Well, you didn't know at the time, Kendall's in it. So when she undid the umbrella, she just got rained down in Kendall's. Amazing. I am Amazing. either very good at imagining these, that, or that was one of the performers at the one I went to. Quite possibly. She's she's amazing. She yeah, is the, so amazing. Like, I there, love her. There are a few. I have not been back. Um, it was a little bit too... The, the idea that I don't know if I clap or not was too confronting for me, so I did not go to any of the <gasps> oh. other nights for it. I went to different different events. Uh, instead of burlesque again but they, they're pretty regular occurrences it seems of course lockdown yeah. killed all of that but yes uh so back empire to empire strips back oh sorry we, we can talk empire, about i can talk I, about burlesque for ages i want to go to empire strips back it looks really cool yeah. empire, i've heard of yeah. it for quite a while this is star wars <gasps> themed burlesque 
Uh, and every time I've seen I see Dida, did you see Dida? Like no. the queen of burlesque. Oh. Amazing. Anyway, sorry. Every, every time I see ads for Empire Strips Back, it's always like the day before or two weeks after. Yeah. And I'm just like, where, where the hell were you three weeks ago when I was actually planning what I'm going to be doing? So Chuck is at this burlesque club and he is entranced. He's just like le- super fixated on the performer. Uh, mm. And I believe... Uh, Not uh, unlike Chuck Bass. That's very much Chuck Bass. There's, there's TNA involved and he's just like, oh, drooling. Actually, you know what? He's, like, he's a lot crasser than drool. He's, um, he's there's something though about this scene that although yes there does seem to be a certain like um what's the word like not withdrawnness because that's not a word but like there is a certain he is like holding himself back a little bit i feel he does maybe i'm just he seems to be seeing yeah it's not crass chuck it is entranced chuck yeah, like yeah, yeah. He, Beautiful. He is witnessing something. Word. He is witnessing a thing of beauty to him right there. Yeah. That yeah. he is just in awe of rather than in lust mm. with right now. Yeah. And yes. I think somebody, um, I'm not sure whether it's a patron, whether it's a staff member for the club, comes over to him and is like, who's that, who's that woman on stage? And he's like, I really don't know. And, and that's then, where that's where trope. That trope. Well, we, I guess we do know. Two days earlier. Yeah, flashback. And it's Chuck wow. again at the club, uh, viewing it mm-hmm. with Blair. I'm still not sure why Blair is there. Because she's a trusted confidant to Chuck. We've seen that from previous episodes. They, like, work well together. He respects Chuck's opinion. There's already been little hints. Like, the, the constant thing of, like, there's so many scenes with the two of them you know, like just over each other's shoulder and just as this, like, they fit together, but they're never quite in the same space at the same time. Okay. I get that. Well, That's I mean, my takeaway. I think, I think you're right. I feel that we're always seeing them as dual antagonists to the heroes mm. of Serena and Dan mm. and, yeah. um, and the perpetual fool uh, role that is Nate that, <laughs> That they don't seem like a pair; they seem like these equals, but don't really have any crossover except when a plot is going on. Mm. And by plot, I mean scheme. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So absolutely. having them here now, I like assume there's going to be some sort of scheme. But she's just there to. He's going to pitch. Hey, he's going to pitch to his dad. Do you want to invest in this club? I'm going to run this club, and you give me the money to to back it. He's basically got a business proposal for his dad. And yeah. to me, that's like, well, why does Blair need to be there? Blair has no idea how to run business. Well, her mum runs a business. But unfortunately, that's and not also, genetic. That's um, something you actually <laughs> learn in school. What? <laughs> um, um, but, uh, yeah, no, I think he, I like, this is the start, right? Now, I'm foreshadowing because I've seen the series and, you know, but this is the start. You know how, like, you you talk about the, like, arc of redemption? We have, like, we've gone from the pit of despair of, you know, Chuck being, like, a terrible person who has made some terrible, horrible, you know, almost unforgivable choices, if not unforgivable choices. And then we're just now seeing the little bit of the arc of redemption starting because he looks so cute when he's explaining his little business idea. Hmm. I his will... heart is so full of optimism. 
I will give you that it is the start of Chuck's redemptive arc. Um, I, at this point in the episode, I am not willing to call him cute. Uh, but I see where you're coming from with it. And I can see why someone else <laughs> would say that. Because, you know what, props to him. He is a teen boy who has suddenly found a passion. Yes, that's what comes out. Like, he is that person that when you speak to them, like, because as he's talking about this business, his eyes are lighting up. Like, this is that person who, like, when you talk to probably you or I about D&D. Yeah. Like, that's what I assume I look like to people. Slightly crazed and overly enthusiastic. Yeah, there's there's that manic energy. um, Yeah. From us. A little bit from Chuck as well in this scene, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So either way, Blair's, you know, kind of impressed that he's he's put this all together and um she heads to school i love that they're doing this before school it's like apparently the 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 club has opened for them to go around and have a look at like 8 a.m or possibly even earlier it's like yeah or it's never closed maybe it's a 24-hour joint it's new york after all the city that never sleeps i mean that's true but it does make it a lot less classy so I, is that 24 hours in New York that's just cool, maybe? I don't know. There, There's a scene in Friends, which I know you've heard of, uh, where Chandler's depressed because of a breakup and he decides to get out of it. He's like he's going through the stages of grief after a breakup and he's like, cool, I'm into stage three. Time to get drunk and go to a strip club. And they look at him and go, it's 9 a.m. It's like, yeah, they've got a breakfast buffet. It's like, that's what I think of when I hear burlesque right, open gotcha. before seven, seven in the morning. It's, mm, yeah. it's not a good look. So everyone yeah. else is also kind of getting ready for school. Um, well, except Nate, because <laughs> Nate is with his family. And because yes. last episode he found his dad's cocaine stash and mm-hmm. then his parents found his dad's cocaine stash and decided that mm-hmm. Nate's a drug addict, which he, he mm. kind of is. He's a stoner. Um, his mother is making him pick a rehab facility to go to. Yeah. Uh, Which, of course, the Upper East Side have these, like, range of, like, glossy brochures. Some huge old rehabilitation camp. They're all very discreet. I'm surprised the Ostrov facility is not in there, where um, Eric's just been. I mean, they've got the sets, so it wouldn't be that hard to to set up. Um, But I love that Nate is just, he's so angry. He just has his fuming expression he's like no no this is just such such injustice yeah um yeah. and his dad pulls him aside to talk to him privately and he nate gets to really unleash it's like why yeah. yeah he he goes off at his dad but his dad's like you know what yeah. it's fine it's fine look i will keep you out of the rehab facility i'm not going to come clean um it's just it was just a temporary thing you know i'm busy at work it's, it's, yeah, I'm not work. a drug addict. Actually, that's no. the second theme. That's the second theme of this episode: sex and work. Because that word, you know, sex oh, and drugs. it's work. Oh. <laughs> no. But yeah, sex that's, and mm. work and sex work. What does yeah, Burles, true, does Burles count as sex work? Ooh, I don't know. I guess it, I do. I would be open to whatever anyone wants to define it as for themselves. What works for them? Yeah. It's cabaret. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do like that, that this is a nice little role reversal between Howard and Nate, where Howard is like, no, I don't even like drugs. I just, I, you know, I just keep, it's okay, dad. I just keep the bottles in my room. I never really drank the yeah. alcohol. And yeah. And he even uses, oh, my friend just gave it to me. I didn't <laughs> yeah. even, yeah. 
it's the most ridiculous thing it's like if it was played for that like they're very self-aware of what they're doing i would love it a lot more but as it is it's just like really this guy this wall street guy really thinks that's going to fly with his teenage son yeah well they do think we do think that you know they think that nate's just it's really interesting as well how these relationships with these parents and kids fluctuates between very much like like when they were sending him to the rehab center it's very much like you are my child and you will do as i say and you'll go to dartmouth and then there's other times though where it's very much like oh but stay up before i am because we're equals and we're friends and i trust you like there's this it's kind of one or the other either we will control every every ounce of your being or we won't see you for 48 hours because we trust you to be by yourself in new york you know yeah some might say that that is flip-flopping and poor writing i choose to believe that it's just bad parenting yeah i think it's just an exposition of the foils of having large amounts of money in a privileged society and they are just and all the writers are doing of this um show is putting a mirror up to that so that we have a cultural snapshot of that time and space in the world I am. We will see. We will see. It sounded good. It sounded sounded very good. It certainly sounded believable. uh, Whether or not. Well, if that's the case, how do we feel about the snapshot of the upper middle class that is the Humphreys loft? Because we see Jenny well, getting not, ready, we yeah. see Jenny getting ready for school, and she's she's yes. looking for the bracelet that she lost in the last episode at the um, yes. the masquerade ball. And Back on like, the phone to her old mate Vanessa. Oh, is she talking to Vanessa? I had no, I I have no idea what's going on in this scene. My notes just have ambiguous, vague thing. That is literally okay. my Amazing. my note on this scene. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad for once. I'm slightly more prepared. Good. Yay. It only I took. Think, what are we up to? Episode seven. Yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling that might actually be a direct quote that Jenny's like trying to let not let everyone on to what she's lost because of course she's lost yeah. this this thing that's probably worth about as much as their loft, you know, three million dollars or something. That sounds about right, right? <laughs> sure. Uh, and Dan's kind of distracted. Any not Dan's kind of distracted. Dan Rufus is kind of distracted anyway because he's on the phone yes. with his wife who had the the bit of a. Yes clash um a couple of episodes as well and they're kind of yes. arguing about how they're going to tell the kids that they're going to separate and what's actually going to happen it's a it's a whole thing it's an awkward conversation yeah, yeah. it is an awkward conversation at the best of times it's like mm. which is again rufus seriously you're really honest with your kids every other time why is this any different yeah anyway. well i think they're still at this stage at this stage i think they're still trying to He's still, he's just trying to get communication going. Like they, I don't think they, yeah. they haven't called it at this stage. This isn't about, you know. It does seem this like. It's about the, more just getting her to come back down from Hudson yeah. to have a conversation and kind of see where they're at. It it's does seem like that they haven't been talking for months. Yeah. Well, how like, long has this show been going for now? Like, uh, Looking at about two months, it's been on. Because uh, if it's one episode a week, okay. then then yeah, seven weeks. Oh, but like canonically in time though. Not um, clear because the first three episodes, I believe, took place over a weekend. Yeah, right. Yeah, because the first episode is yeah, 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 yeah Dan right. and Serena's date. The next one is the next day, and then the the third episode is the Monday at school after. Yeah. So not long. No. 
Okay, so yeah, but that's still, I mean, two months in a relationship though without, that's a fair amount of space or break time or whatever you want to call it. Possibly. I, I feel that there's been longer that they have not been talking. Yeah. Communication, kids, it's always important. Number one. Hey, we'll <laughs> add that to when we do our dating, D&D and dating, D- right? Yeah, yeah. That'll be, that'll be, oh, actually, don't, be... don't say that advice yet. We're going to give that back to you another time. That's always uh, number one element of dating advice, honestly. Uh, and then speaking of dating, Vanessa shows up, um, who is, well, in my opinion, is Rufus's alternate love interest instead of, um, instead of, instead of her, his actual Allison. wife, despite the fact that Vanessa is 17. Um, you know yeah. what? The chemistry is there. She just keeps showing up and has this connection with him. It's, it's weird because she's looking for his son, Dan, who is not there. Uh, mm-hmm. That he and um, his girlfriend Serena um, yes. are at their school and basically just making out against the the, the wall. Yeah, as you that know, you do at school. The oh, it's that is as you do at school. As you do at school. Please don't speak for both of us in this podcast. I can guarantee. I will. I was. That has never happened to me at school. That has never happened to me at school either. But I remember okay, seeing great. a lot then... of people that it did happen with. Oh, okay. As in absurd. Yeah. Okay, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. So I I see this as a believable thing for two 17-year-olds who, um, you know, definitely have hotels and lofts. Well, actually, yeah. You know what? Dan shares one small living space with his family. He is very much making out with someone at school when he gets the chance. Yes. But then they talk about here about like, oh, but our parents aren't home all the time. It's true. Wink, 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 nudge, wink nudge, nudge, nudge. Which also, like, to be honest, it's true for Rufus. Like, he's more often out of the loft than in the loft. And if he's in the loft, he's, he's in the kitchen anyway. So realistically, as long as you just didn't, like, do anything in the kitchen, Rufus probably still wouldn't know in that loft. Rufus is kind of um, oblivious to these things. But then again, he he's also a little bit insightful. I feel that he's very aware of what a teenage boy is like uh, because he's He's very still... aware of what he was like as a teenage boy. Yeah. And Dan is not that different to be fair. Mm. I mean, he's a hell of a lot more awkward. Um, <laughs> yeah. I feel like Rufus would have had game. Cause like, let's be honest. Okay. Rufus went on to be a rock star fairly young. We've, we've worked out. So he must've been already gigging. You know, a lot of those kids are gigging when they're 16, 17 at like venues and stuff. Yeah. You know, for you to be, so I think Rufus definitely had more game than his son did. You say like Rufus had more game than his son did. Rufus has more game now. Than his son oh, will true. ever have. True. true Rufus true, just true. Rufus goes well, Rufus goes to work and at least three women throw themselves at him. Like we have seen this on screen already. True. That's just that Rufus's daily life. He's amazing. Rufus yeah. Rufus Humphrey Sex God is uh is the meme we're getting out of this. <laughs> Man. You've already chosen Rufus as one of your PCs, haven't you? I have. I have. I picked him first week, which I I honestly feel was a... Oh, went way too early on that one. If it makes you feel any better, that's also the week I I chose Blair. So maybe we just call that week a bye and uh, and we, you know... Just the bias of that week. Like a BYE. A BYE. (laughs) Yes. Well, actually, fine. Yeah. Okay. Well... That okay. had layers. It did. Anyway, it did. The Freudian slip of that statement. <laughs> so, so, 
Uh, they're Dan and and Serena's PDA. That's um, yes. Public display of affection for those who don't understand acronyms. Uh, is yes, before getting... there were acronyms, there were runes. No. <laughs> they're, they're getting comments. Before we have letters. <laughs> yes. They're getting comments from some of the other students, and they are very aware. You know, people are watching, and we're we're an item. Uh, I think someone just yeah. says "get a room," or Serena says yes. they should get some Which privacy. Which is OG, original. Yeah. yeah, get a room. Get a room is super super original. The um, Dan's a bit hesitant about about this whole privacy with Serena and uh, yeah. taking things to the next step. Which we've already had hints of before. Yeah. He's really awkward about it. And Serena seems to be up for discussing it, like saying, hey, maybe we can take this to the next level. Like still coy, like still teenage girl, not sure how he's going to react. But Dan is just like, oh, I don't know what to do. What a girl. (laughs) Serena even mentions like, oh, you know, we could just go to a broom closet now. And you get the feeling that like if he was like, sure, that that could have possibly been like another way that that narrative could have gone. But yeah. yeah, yeah, Dan is very much because you know we're getting the we're getting the hints which we've already had, and this is just building up until they. I think it comes up later in the episode the actual V word, but yeah. you know Dan the man has yet to. I was trying to think of a word that rhymes with Dan and the left of his plan. Anyway, he hasn't sexed yet. This is what I'm going to go with. <laughs> Dan hasn't used Plan B yet. There we go. Because I have. <laughs> Oh, that's what this episode is going to... This is just what we're going to be doing for the next hour and a half. It's just yeah, basically. really awkward sex jokes. It's going to be so great. Yeah, Buckle it's fantastic. In listeners. Uh, excuse in. me, how is that different from a D&D session? Yeah, true. True. Although usually... Uh, so that's the only... Like, in this episode, this is my... You know, I've been... I, I like theming things. I like a good theme. We've had, what, Deception, yeah. I think we've had so far one week. Yeah. And I just talked about... I don't know, something else another week that alludes me that I'm sure was very poignant at the time. This episode is like sex. It's not even relationships. It is just no. about sex. Yeah. Which I find both when I'm watching a game, amazing. So like if I'm watching a streamed game, like CR, I love shipping CR. I love like, I don't know, hashtag spoilers for campaign two, but Bo and Yasha's like date yeah. uh, in the tower. Amazing. But when it's in my game that I'm playing, Hate it. So mm-hmm. awkward. Mm-hmm. Like, is, we'll, is that, we'll actively not engage. Is that when you're running the game or as a player watching it happen Both. to someone else? Okay. Oh, you know what? To be honest, because it, it hasn't really come up when I'm running a game. Mostly because okay. I'm either running one shots, in which case, if it does come up, it's kind of weird. Um, because, like, you have three hours, like, you know, you've got other goals in that time yeah. in a one shot. And then my ongoing campaigns, it just hasn't come up at all yet i feel it does rely on a sort of investment and vulnerability of role playing too just for it to even come up at the table Mm. because you do need to kind of buy in that these people are characters with their own desires and they will be very different from from the player's desires and being able Mm. to put yourself into that mindset is not something that people generally do when they're like i'm also a wizard and with my great staff 
So, oh God, a wizard staff has a knob on the end. I don't know if you guys know that song. And <laughs> some people will get that joke. This is why I feel that it becomes more just awkward sex jokes rather than actual played out romance or i think most tables go okay you know what we're going to draw a line of them actually having sex we're going to just draw the veil and say your characters have Mm. sex the end like no one's rolling for position are you are you saying jeremy that people use humor to deflect uh you know engaging in actual feelings (laughs) i hadn't noticed that that's so that's that's you should, I, we should we should write a paper on that. I feel like I someone should. should note that down. Someone should. If only psychologists knew this, we're we're breaking ground here. Only. I will point. Yeah. I will tell a story about one of the times where my one of my favorite characters that I played, uh, Kaz the Half Orc Fighter, who was an eighteen year old, complete shut in. He was basically amazing. And he, he wasn't even an indentured servant. He was a slave. He was a slave for monsters for most of his life. He fought in pits, a pit fighter, basically. He finally gets free and he's in the bigger world. So he has no connection to anyone whatsoever. He's never dealt with girls before. And he's gone through the normal things of, cool, I can pay for sex. That's great. And then he meets a Goliath warrior and he's like, oh my God, just hard eyes, like the ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum kind of thing. Of course, he doesn't know how to talk to girls. So he goes up to them and they're like leading a rebellion against the the crown. And he's just like, you know, I'm like a big deal with the orcs. Can I, like, we could go and get the orcs and then you have an army. Also, you're really pretty by and just runs off. (laughs) And everyone at the table laughed at him. I was like, no, because he is 19. And this is how a 19 year old who has never talked to someone he's actually attracted to does. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the kind of... did your DM take that hint though and then run with that? Like, was that an ongoing like relationship in the game? At the time, like I came up with it on the spot. I just realized like when yeah. we got introduced to this character, this is how Kaz would react. So I didn't have yeah. a chance to like kind of poke it, poke the the game master and say, Hey, I want to try this out. Um, yeah. So at the time he was kind of blindsided and just goes, you know what? I'm going to roll a charisma check for you. Or you roll a charisma check. And depending on that result yeah. will be how they respond. Okay. And, like, if it's high enough, then they're like, oh, yeah, all right, cool. And if it's low enough, it's like, oh, oh, you sweet summer child, I am not interested in you in any way. And I'll, <laughs> I will let listeners guess, write in, and see if you can guess what um, this this wonderful little half-orc with a minus two to charisma got. Not 20. So that's how I generally prefer romance and sexual encounters in my game, um, where you do you not make it a joke, but you make it a believable thing for the character, and then you move on. Well, like, what if that plot point is going to become super important? Like, think about, think about, think about, okay, where's an example? Like, because um, it comes into battle, right? Like, say if your character in party, so like, you know, Ford and Jester, right? Totally. Or like, no, Vax, let's go to season one critical role. Like okay. Vax and Keyleth or, you know, Percy and Vex. Because that starts to change in combat, for example. Those characters then want to protect, you know, obviously working for the party, but then you mm-hmm. make other choices as well to make sure that you're okay. significant that, otter. That totally makes sense because you're already having connections with those characters. In um, in Critical Role, Grog and and Pike are best friends. Yeah, they are going to act that. And Scanlan is interested in Pike, 
as as yeah. romantically. The way they respond to each other isn't that different. Like Grog will want to protect Pike or Pike will want to help Grog. And when there's a scene, this is spoilers for campaign one, Grog has to throw, lash out with a, a blade and he stabs Pike and it's like he is devastated. Would that be different from Scanlan doing it? It's like mm. you're role-playing the connection with the character, you're not role-playing their action. So yeah. I feel if you just if two players decide, hey, our characters need to be in a want to be in a relationship, that's great. You just act like they're in a relationship, but you don't go into detail about how they're fucking every night. <laughs> you can make jokes later on and like the other play, the other characters might go, Look, guys, can you keep it down? Like we know you're yeah. happy about it, but you don't need to have that in the scene for to not for everyone at the table to know that it has happened. Yeah. That's fair. Look, maybe I just haven't as well been at a table where, I don't know, and it still also just feels like amongst all the safety tools and stuff, which is super great, I still just have a thing about like, oh, I just don't want the other person to think that I'm a fucking creeper. Mm -hmm. There was a Um, webcomic series quite a while ago. I can't remember what it was, unfortunately, Um, but it was an ongoing one about a whole range, like a group of of, um, tabletop and LARPers. And there was like a werewolf storyline. It was a whole thing. Either way, the main character had just discovered that he was a geek. And he was getting into this whole thing and he was LARPing in a vampire game with another character who was in love with his. So they were like private role playing, sending these messages back and forth. And then, of course, the main character's girlfriend finds these letters in like written in character. But to somebody who has no idea about how role playing games work, that looks like a love letter and it's getting responded to it. That looks like they're he's cheating on her. And it was like this whole whole drama. And it's like that's kind of it you've got to you got to be very clear that this is this is the role play this is life this is role play this is life and that's why guys when you start studying acting the first first lesson you always do in acting is everyone gets naked and tells a secret they've never told anyone before because you need to be able to get vulnerable with people damn i thought that was just my group of actors they didn't tell me it was like actually part of the class yeah i have look personally i'm not experienced i just went to an art school where i heard about it oh yeah it's uh that 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 hazing but, ritual that everyone talks about it's not hazing i think it's a legit isn't it a legit thing like that it's like part of you know if you can't do this then you can't be an actor isn't it that's meant to be the whole like spiel sure that sounds about right that sounds like something you'd say before know, hazing actor, someone ever... <laughs> yeah, no actually, i think you... that is the definition of hazing i i think you are right that there is not specifically that but there is that pushing of comfort zones um yeah where we were talking about um the school we were there at the school and we were talking about sex essentially but yes we were we were trying to get through the episode as well we'll get we'll get to more (laughs) of the sex in the episode well unless there's more to bring up about the role-playing aspect of it i feel that we covered a lot well i think that'll come up yeah yeah i think that'll come up again because as we as we go through this because i yeah we've laid out our our feelings about it uh, yes. So the listener now knows how each of us feel and our yes. thoughts and opinions on it. So now you know where we're coming from. Uh, so Jenny is at school and Nate kind of stops her in the Ian, hallway. Can I just say, cute fit. I know this is totally irrelevant to the, like, cute fit on Jenny. She has, like, the thigh-high red socks and, like, the little, like, pea coat over the... It's just a cute fit. So that's, that's not all. a school you can uniform? Move on. Well, like... From what I'm gathering, Constance Billard has a like, you know, interpret as you will uniform standard of like, here's a color palette and here's like a couple of items. You must choose one of these at one stage to represent. I feel that that um, is true if you're a main character. And as long as you have one item of clothing on. 
No, but even if you look at the NPCs, I guess, if you look at like the background characters, they all, no one's, no one, there's not one set uniform for any of them. The boys are maybe slightly closer to seeing like the standard suit dress. But the girls are fucking off chops. Yeah, that probably tracks actually. That they have like certain items. Like you have to have a, you have to have a tie that matches the colors. You need to have a skirt that matches yeah. the colors. The jacket. Yeah, but only one of these things at any one time. You don't have to have all of them because, as I said, as little Jay makes out, I think she's just got the she's got the Constance build skirt at an you know at a high school student who's done who's learned how to do their own hemming level. Oh yeah. Um and yeah. Anyway, this didn't even have to be that. I should have just. It was just a cute fit. Full stop. Okay. okay. That's all. I what? just want the world to know. I thought it was cute. One time we're going to get into like the whole elements of uniform and what it means in role playing games, but not today. Today's the sex episode. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, those two things can be connected, but maybe that's another. Maybe we'll say that for the dating episode. A yeah, dating we'll that. series. Yeah, we'll say that for the dating episode once we get into school outfits. And, <laughs> oh, another type of role playing game. Yeah, whole different type. Do not get them confused. Some people do, uh, and that's okay. But <laughs> the Venn diagram is a circle. Uh, so Jenny runs into Nate in the halls and this is, this episode almost feels like a two-parter with the one before it because so many of the plot lines from the previous episode carry over directly into this one because Nate's talking to her about how he bared his soul to who he thought was Serena, but it turns out it was Jenny and he kind of made out with her, which she wasn't into, but he did it anyway. Um, and he's like, Hey, how about you don't tell Blair? about what, um, you know, I said about to, to Serena and then kissed, thinking it was Serena. Mm. Uh, and I love that he tries to bribe her with chocolate. He's got, like, this beautiful box of chocolates. And he's just like, I've got, I just happen to have these on me. Classic low-end. Classic low-end character move. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, when we're talking with um with mike a couple of series ago about invincible where there was this abusive relationship where it was when the the abuser hurt someone he would then follow it up with a gift and it wasn't like deliberately hurt it's like if i i'm late to something and i've hurt your feelings i'll go but i brought you the the candy that you like and this felt a little bit like that it's like how many times has he brought blair chocolates because he fucked up and forgot was too stoned to go somewhere yeah, well, and especially the fact as well that she's like, oh, because if we yeah, if we got to that point where they Blair appears and then yeah, Blair basically shows up almost immediately and like, oh, chocolates, and he's like, yeah, they're for you, like immediately yeah. just. And then she's rolls like, oh, you over. know, I prefer the gold collection, you know, yeah. but I'll take it. It's like yeah, because they're not for you, Blair. <laughs> he's well aware of her favorites. Mm. So Jenny tries to leave this awkward situation, but Blair catches up with her and returns the bracelet. Yes. Um, and mm, does a little little bit of a, a threat uh, to her. Yeah. I feel it is yeah. very much a threat where she's like, I hate secrets more than anything. Game recognises game. I'm pretty sure that's where that quote comes up. Really? I yeah. think it was this part. It was this part or later on. I remember I, I did make note of that quote. So I'm like, well, that's that's sick i want to i want to throw that out one day game recognizes game Graham is a great quote game. coming from two teen girls who are fighting over who will be the queen of their little private school on the upper east side it's yeah. not so much game <laughs> it's 
it's you know, it's decent. It's decent. It's pretty. It's pretty good. Uh, so then we go. Well, everyone seems to be just talking about relationships, not just sex and that's what in I this mean. One. This yeah. whole episode. Because we get Lily and Bart talking about their relationship as well, and Lily wants to go. Oh no, sorry, Bart wants to go public. Uh, he wants to yes. be like, "Hey, no, I'm dating don't, Lily Vanderbilt." Don't, don't take away the sex from this because, like, when they when like she's standing there like, with, and he's got his hands and, and she's like doing up her blouse. Oh, so they've been fucking. I didn't know you said that. that, not me. You said that, not me. But parents don't have sex. That's not how it happens. They've <laughs> Lily has had sex exactly twice. True. Rufus probably more than that, but that's just because he's Rufus. And that's just because we haven't found half of his other children that exist. <laughs> yeah, that's true. His... Yes, that's very true. Uh, but Lily is hesitant. Lily I think is this the... might be a... Can I just say, I hope that... I just realized, I think that's a spoiler because I actually think that's... I think that's a thing that comes up in a future series. I'm 98% sure. You know what? If we and actually now we've get... just said that... If we get through season one, I will cut and plan to do later seasons. I will come back and edit this episode so you have not have said that. So if you are hearing this, be aware that you have the special direct editor's cut edition of this episode. You lucky soul. Yeah. So Lily is the um, the Dan Humphreys in this situation. She's the one that's kind of hesitant to, to talk about or to reveal to everyone that she's dating Bart. Uh, she yes. wants the kids to find out first. Which, yeah, I, I'll give her that. She's a single parent who has had a lot of exes, it seems. So she yeah. probably wants to tell her, have her kids find out from her rather than, you know, Gossip Girl. Yeah. Uh, of course, then Chuck walks in and finds them making out. <laughs> yeah. Which and then works. they go into super like, oh, uh, good business yes. day. Yes. Yes. Uh, um, you def- yes your, my fly is definitely not still open. Yeah. No, but even Chuck, even like as Lily's leaving, he even like ushers to her to be like, mm, I want to do your button up because, you know. Mm. Yeah, because that's how you should treat an adult Chuck. That's um, well, super I don't know. If I saw, if I saw a, a, you know, a woman with a button undone, I'd probably be like, mm-hmm. is that a fashion choice? Or, uh, I mean, if it is, kudos. But Okay, but what if a 17-year-old boy said it to you? Well, I'm going to assume the best in everyone, Jeremy, because everyone has good sides to them. And I'm going to assume that, like Chuck, they're just doing it out of the goodness and kindness of their heart. That's not why he's doing it. You know he's not doing it out of the goodness and (laughs) kindness of his heart. Mutter, 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 mutter. People heard my words. That's true. This is an audio medium. That's true. I said what I said. Um, Yeah, and so Lily leaves. And I think Bart, may, not Bart, uh, Chuck makes a comment, comment about her. Yeah. Um, to Bart, and Bart doesn't respond. Uh, and I feel that this is something that we learn about Chuck and Bart's relationship, that they mm. kind of make little jokes about their conquests, uh, for, for yeah. want of a better word. And when Chuck, when Bart doesn't respond in kind, Chuck's got this little bit look like, oh, he feels something. He's he's falling mm. for her. That's not that's not my dad. Mm. Uh, and again, this this is something that yeah. really bugs me about Bart Bass. That Go all through, it. so far, we have been told constantly that Bart Bass is like a womanizer. He's this this uh-huh. mercenary data. Have uh-huh. we seen any of that? No, no. We have seen him bring some nice young woman to a party, and Lily yeah. was mad about it. It's like that's all we yeah. know. That's all we we have seen as an audience uh-huh. about Bart. And yeah, it's. 
it just kind of bugs me. We have seen Chuck. We have seen Chuck, though, whom, you know, comes from the Bart tree. And you know what they say about apples? They keep the doctor away? No, I was going to go for the other one. And that, no, not an apple a day, that uh, apples don't fall far from the tree. See, I heard it as acorns don't fall far from the tree, but I think yours is accurate as well. Uh, no, but that's that would make sense because maybe in Australia that would make us not, not sense here though because we don't have acorns. So then someone here has appropriated that to say apples because we yeah. have apples in Australia. If you're not from Australia, we have these things called apples and they're like <laughs> these red fruits that are can be sweet. They can be not sweet. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not. Anyway, that's what an apple is, if you haven't heard of them before. The <laughs> This week on That's My Fruit. <laughs> oh, that could be our other podcast where we just talk about a fruit and how we could and how we could farm it in D and D. And it just ends oh, up going my... to be a farming simulator. Oh my god, I can see that. But we just we just role that. play a game, but all we can do is farm. It's like <laughs> You know what I actually want to do? So I'm about to take this shit well and truly off the rails, but hear me out. You know how there's that thing that people make this joke about, like, you have to you have to kill, like, I don't know, 20,000 rats to get to level 20? Imagine sure. playing that game out where every mission, you still do all the dungeon crawls and you still do all the things, but everything is a rat. <laughs> so you don't take on a dragon, you take on, like... Uh, a, rat a bigger rat? dragon that is actually that will it's essentially like imagine like a swarm of rats that are shaped into a dragon but essentially the stat block that you're fighting is just rat times you know to the power of 20 i'm kind of into it are are the players also rats or are they like mice or are they cats or birds because no i think the rest of the world is normal so the rest oh, of the just... world is your atypical forgotten realms world you can play your high elf ranger but just the only monster that exists is rats as a game master i fucking love that idea because how easy I, would it be how good it, would you know the rat stat it would be so great to troll your players with like and you come around the corner and you can hear this breathing like this furnace of heat and you can hear this flapping of wings and you come around and it's like three rats with like a a, a, heli- a helicopter that are just dropping out of the sky so oh good. my god that would be amazing oh, right I'm, so right. into that. Uh, it, yeah, this is another yeah. another idea of mine. My this is why I'm the game master. You should hire friends because you could play bangers like that. Rat farming. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, speaking of business ventures uh, and why we should hire Meek, Chuck. It, well, Bart asks. Bart asks why Chuck looks so formal, uh, like he's all dressed up in a suit and not in his school mm. uniform, like he should be. And, and Chuck no just scarf. goes. And no scarf. This this is how you know he's serious. He burned the scarf. Mm. I fucking hope he burned the scarf. And Chuck just goes straight into his pitch. He's like got he's got folders. He has folders and like like printouts mm. and pie charts. Mm. I'm guessing mm. uh, of things about the rise of burlesque and market research. Yeah, I love that. Bart doesn't really look at it. He's looking at Chuck the whole time. He like kind of glances over the the figures and things, and he's kind of looking at. At Bart, and he's like, he's so pleased because he he says mm. that he he's been waiting for for Chuck to get his act together and be interested in something besides partying. And on, okay, I am going to say a, a slightly different take on Bart Bass. Bart Bass, good dad. That he has been letting Chuck do his thing and figure out who he okay. is and what he likes, 
and he's like, you know okay. what? I I want my son to succeed. He takes him to these brunches and is like, I want you to network. I want you to meet people so when I'm gone, you can maintain what you need. It's like when you when you inherit my empire, you will be able to keep it running in the life you were accustomed to. You will it's mm. not about me, it's about Chuck. And here he's like, mm. I've been letting you party and do whatever you want. I've been making snide comments because I can't help myself. But when he's yeah. at the when he's at the brunch in episode two, he's like yeah, just lay off the alcohol. Not not yeah. stop. You could do it at other times. It's like just just yeah. not this morning. And here he's like, yeah. I'm just I I've been waiting, and now you're doing it, and I'm so happy for you. Mm. And yeah, that's fair. And he goes, you know what? I'll come down and take a look at this place. You seem really interested, yeah. and you're invested in it. So I'm am as well. So yeah, this is my my little fan theory of Bart Bass, good dad. Great. You're going to say, like, he fucks Blair or something, aren't you? <laughs> You're going to ruin no. this for me. I, no, what I was actually doing, Jeremy, was getting my tally up. Thank you very much. I was going to give you a point because I forgot I haven't been keeping points so far this episode. And I'm but, sure the listeners are very engaged in it. Here we go. You now take officially. That gives you the lead. Oh, yay. There we go. Because I, I said something nice about Bart. Excellent. I'm going to say yeah. that a lot more. We are no, only 10 minutes. like that. It's not just about Bart. We are only 10 minutes into this episode of, of it, so we should move along a little bit. And, okay, so Blair and Serena are having lunch, and Gossip Girl has reported on on Serena and Dan. Basically, apparently, according to Gossip Girl, they were having sex in the yard. Mm. Um, so I would like, uh, I think we should play the, the Dan is Gossip Girl jingle, because uh-huh. Uh-huh. what... Let me tell you a bit about a guy called Dan. Got a crush on Serena Vanderwood Sand. Still, he'll spread rumors about it any way he can. Oh, that's right, he's Gossip Girl. Well, don't know if you heard, but Dan is poor. He hangs around the rich kids, sometimes sucks him in the jaw. But that ain't enough, so he calls one a whore. Oh, that's right, he's Gossip Girl. Dan is a nice guy, wouldn't hurt a dove, but he gets real mean when push comes to shove. He's a borderline sociopath, but he does it for love. That's right, he's Gossip Girl. That's right, Dan, he's a Gossip Girl. What the fuck? Yeah, so this is the scene that led me to go on my research haunt about Dan as Gossip Girl because for the very first time there was a, there was a there was a momentary flicker, Jeremy, a momentary flicker where I doubted the airtightedness of this narrative. However, right? Yeah. Hear me out. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Dan mm-hmm. wants people mm-hmm. to think to underestimate him. He wants to be the underdog. So by putting this out that they've been like making out or whatever, it means that later on when he, oh, oh I'm failing already. I'm getting no, no, stuck no, no, no. I, I'm okay with everything you're saying so far. I fully believe that Dan sent out a message about him and Serena doing all these things. Yes. This, honestly, my, my I feel that this, I, I will pick it up for you because this tracks, because okay. fuck you, Dan Humphrey. 
this is your girlfriend who, and also you are feeling super insecure about this and you decide to put yourself and your girlfriend on blast to the entire fucking school. Yes. That's not good. That's not human behavior. That's a sociopath behavior. Yeah. Well, we've already predetermined that this is a prequel to his new Netflix series, You, that Penn Badgley is in, that he is essentially playing, you know, Dan Humphreys with a new name. Yeah. Yeah. That, have that's we covered still... that? I'm sure we've covered that. I'm sure before. we have. Yeah. yeah. So and if we're not, we're going to bring it up a lot more. Um, so, yeah, I am fully on board with this scene producing the fact that, oh, yeah, that's right, Dan's Gossip Girl, and he's trying to hurt any chance of, of happening. He's, he's hurting Serena, which is just not cool. He's Isn't not doing it maliciously. Serena? He's spreading rumors about her. I don't feel that it's not cool. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I guess. Look, I yeah. I don't want to be on Gossip Girl's blast list. So no, who would you? That's fair. Uh, so Blair does start to wonder what exactly is happening in the bedroom department between you two, uh, and I'm really sad that we don't get the little eyebrow raggle from Leighton Meester like we did in the previous episode because she is adorable when she does that, and. Yeah. Then um, Serena's like, yeah, he's really respectful because that's what every horny teenage girl wants from a guy to be super respectful. You know what? That's not true. That is actually what most teenage girls would like. But a, but a taught through media and other things that that isn't what happens. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, yeah, essentially that's what Serena's like starting to doubt herself that she's like, oh, he hasn't like, he hasn't just kind of like launched himself on me. He must not like me. He hasn't groped me in the back of a limo like all the other boys I've yeah. been with. Yeah, so I must be the problem is her takeaway, which, oh, Serena, oh, S, no, no. Yeah, because Blake no, no. Lively is the problem in this situation. Uh, I I don't know. I was not a teenage girl. I, does that feel believable, her response? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And I think. <laughs> then we get my favorite. I say, as a te- I, I say as a teenage girl who'd never had a boyfriend. Like, yeah, <laughs> sure. That's totally how I think that would go down. We then get my favorite scene in this episode where Blair is telling Sir, She's like, yeah, but you guys have like talked about sex and like how it would work, right? And planned it. And Serena's just like, ew, gross. You don't talk about these things. It just happens. Um, which, yeah. oh, sweet. Sweet child of summer, Serena. Um, and Fast forward to Serena in her 30s when there's like a timetable on a fridge somewhere that has like sex night built into it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's so accurate for Serena too. Um, but, but Blair's like, this is your first real boyfriend. You need to talk about these things. And I'm just, I, I have to pause it when I watched it before. I remember this part because I'm like, Blair, Blair is giving dating advice. Hmm. Blair yes. Waldorf, who has spent the entirety of this series furious at her boyfriend for one reason or another and completely in a, like, in no way have they been able to communicate. Blair is like, yeah, it's important to talk things through with your significant other because that's how you connect and you have, like, a healthy, healthy back and forth. It's like, no! When have you ever, Blair Waldorf, when have you ever done this? Classic, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's good advice. So don't, you know, it's good advice. Yeah. It, it, it is great maybe advice. Maybe she says it more. It'll, maybe if she says it more, she'll take it on board for herself. No, no. Blair, Blair is very much, um, these things happen to other people rather than, than me. True. Uh, and I think Serena does say that just talking about it ruins it, which says a lot about her as well. 
but yeah again, well, that, she... that's because like yeah sorry i mean we still haven't quite got a super clear take of whatever serena's actual history is like we know that she's slept with nate when he was dating but like i'm not 100 percent sure and and maybe i've missed a thing but like it was nate her first i don't think so because there was a lot she, of partying before that. So. Yeah, I think there was a lot of partying and she doesn't remember her first. Like there was a, a weekend where there were a number of different options that she definitely yeah, had yeah, sex yeah. with. And it's like that one of them was out. probably my first and like one of them might have been Saturday and one of them might be Sunday. I don't remember which one. Actually, that checks out. That checks out because there's a scene at the end of this episode if we ever get to it by like tomorrow. Okay, um, <laughs> we'll move along. We're still 10 minutes in. <laughs> There's, there's a I'm scene. I'm just going to sit quietly okay. unless you want to say, Meek, this is where I would like you to, because otherwise I'm just going to sit here because otherwise I'm going to start telling you about my other game system idea <laughs> that doesn't involve Look, rats. Later on, we will divide up future episodes and you'll talk about a scene and I'll talk about a scene. So it's like, hurry you the other person along so we get to the next <laughs> scene. So Serena's a bit worried that Dan wants to slow things down. Um, Blair is rightly of the opinion, why the hell would he want to slow things down? And then we cut to Dan's, well, we assume it's a dream uh, because we get a lot of, well, he and um, Dan and Serena are just making out. And hmm. um, she, he's like, so so how was that? I, I can't remember. Is this scene where they, they supposedly the just sheets. had sex? They're under sheets. They're doing yeah, they're the classic L-shaped sheet because I'm certain that they would have showed off yes. Penn Badgley's chest. Yes, 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 100% yes. Wait, I'm not supposed to be talking, but yes. No, you can talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, okay, but on this, I was going to say, because I haven't been a teenage boy before, but mm-hmm. uh, is, is, is this a common, like, nightmares about, because then we, oh, sorry, because then we cut to, uh, you know their names. Who are the who are Blair's buddies' oh, names? Uh, Katie and the other one. That one, great. Yeah, yeah. Those Serena goes to the judges and is like, "Well, yeah, let's see what what they say." Yeah. Uh, and they don't give him great scores, um, but they're like, no. "Yeah, well, you are a version." They also don't so. hold the, yeah, they also don't hold the cards up correctly, which is just something that again, not a flaw to the show. Because again, I'm sure there's like a deeper cinematographic, like cinema. Cinematographic. Nope. Is that a word? It is now. Anyway, I'm sure there's a deliberate choice for that. So thank you, directors. I really appreciate what you did there. It's just beyond my personal, you know, thing. Anyway, but yeah, is that a common, like, I don't know. Is it a common wet dream for people to? This is how we open. No, (laughs) you know what? Next scene. Next scene. It happened. (laughs) You know what? No, 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 no. We need, we need to go into because this says okay. so much about Dan that he starts talking yes. about how sex is. He's like trying to explain why he is a virgin to his yeah. his own subconscious. We will point out, yes. and that's why holding the yes. scores up wrong says something about Dan more than it does about them. How was I? I don't know. What's this the judges? <sighs> I was gonna give you a three, but since you're a virgin, I gave you an extra point. Hey, I chose to wait. Sex is meaningful, like art. And you don't rush art. Who's art? He's trying to explain that sex is meaningful, like art. And Yes. Is that not what is that not what you say? I mean, that's my personal life motto as well. It is now in my thirties. 
as a 16-year-old boy, that is the most <laughs> fucking pretentious thing I have ever heard. Just, okay, yeah, um, backpedal faster, Dan. Be like, no, 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 I've yeah. been waiting for the right person. It's, it's fine. Look, I would, I have listened to a, a few other podcasts about other shows that will not be named because Meek just hasn't heard of them at all. Uh, and a lot of the similar things that Dan is doing here happens in those shows as well. And the response from the women on the shows, the characters on the shows seems to be, oh my God, that guy is so hot because he's he's vulnerable and he's open about his insecurities and things like that. And he does see sex as special. It's like, mm. okay, not realistic. He is a fantasy. And apparently in Dan's fantasy, he is still that fantasy. I, I do not... <laughs> He, mm. not real. Dan Humphrey, not real. Okay. <laughs> My okay. point. If, I just want to say, anyone that's listening, if you are a Dan Humphreys, prove us wrong. No, don't. I believe. They'll be 16. Don't get them to write in. Oh, please. yeah, no, actually, don't. Don't, 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 don't. It's back. Wait, wait, until right our dating, wait until our dating podcast comes out. <laughs> then you can write in for it. And use a fake name. And don't tell us that you're 16. Just ask for advice and we'll give you good advice. But... Probably should wait until you're 18 before before um, asking for sex advice. Just use Dolly Doctor before that. We are not professional uh, sexologists. Don't do that. That is the worst. Don't, don't listen to Dolly Doctor. Dolly. Hey, anyway. We will get into Dolly Doctor on the dating podcast in a different way. That phrasing did not come out correctly. You know what? This Moving on. Is Moving on. Oh, my God. Wreck. Oh, I'm so glad we already... So glad we already have the explicit tag on this podcast. So, okay. all right, we, we're going to start racing through the rest of this episode because we could just go through each each of the scenes. Dan wakes up. Rufus is arguing with Allison about the infidelity. And Dan's like, um, or Rufus tries to cover for it. And like Dan's like, yeah, I know mom's having an affair. Like, we all kind of figured that one out. Jenny doesn't know yet, but, you know, that's fine. <laughs> and when Jenny comes home, they're like, yeah, nothing happened. It's fine. So... Nate's walking home. Um, Howard was supposed to grab some drinks with him uh, and decides he's like, or he, he gives his dad a call and Howard's like, oh yeah, I'm totally busy at work. Like I'm swamped. And you can almost hear him going, <laughs> like snorting the coke that he's bought <laughs> off someone else. Uh, which make well, Nate sad. Is that sad. what cocaine is? I don't know. I had no idea. Thank you. Oh, I didn't know. No, you're very aware that it's icing sugar. It's just icing sugar. You just put it on the top of things. Yeah. Uh, so here is the weirdest fucking scene in the whole whole episode where Chuck is just there at um, Victrola and he's feeding one of the dancers a cherry, uh, which she Artists. then... T- True. True. Artist. Sorry, I don't know the, the terms. I don't know the different types of um, performer. I don't know either. I just, I just feel like she's got a cool costume on anyway and I, I just dig it. I am like, is he there as a patron or is he there as a potential buyer? Because I feel either, and if it's the latter, he should not be getting her to tie cherry stems into knots with her tongue. That feels like a little bit skeezy because, you know, employer. Oh. Yeah. It's, do you know what, regardless of the outcome, I think just the, it's, it's set up that to, it's meant to be risque, right? And if it wasn't already risque enough, they wanted to show how risque this club is and, you know, the the envelopes that they are pushing. Yeah. It certainly produces no other reason. There's no other reason for it to be in the scene. 
than to show how. Also, do you know what my takeaway from this was? Is that she, sure. Chuck Bass, or like what's the name, Ed Westwick as an actor had to touch someone else's tongue. Like I get the actors make out with each other all the time, but like that seems weird, like as an actor that you have to touch someone else's tongue with your fingers. Yeah, once the fingers are involved, it is kind of weird. Yeah, you assume they're like a prosthetic or something? I don't know. I just, again, this is where I think I just, I could not be an actor. I feel like that's one where you want them to like wear gloves or some way of like, yeah. I'm, yeah. look, when, when you make out with something, this is what you do on, I, I you might've known from, from acting, Meek, when you make okay. out with someone on stage or on film, uh-huh. you don't actually uh-huh. use your tongue. You pretend to. Unless it has actually been worked out beforehand between the two actors. Meek's looking like, oh, I'm just learning this information. And I feel that this I is- wanna a- share, I want to share a story, but I'm very aware that we are so behind time and it is not relevant and it is just sad. Um, so Don't tell, I'll tell us, one, tell us. Sad. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's sad. And Listeners, if you write in, uh, we can convince <laughs> her through peer pressure to to tell us on a later episode. But we involves, will keep moving. Okay, it, yeah, yeah. It just involves a high school play and and that anyway. Awesome, but yeah, I feel that the fact that um, there was very much a tongue in this scene and there's like fingers on it, she's going to have to taste yeah. his fingers like the rest of the day. And you hope that he like, you hope that he he's like cleaned under his nails or something for the close up. And even like uh, anyway, we'll get into it another time. Um, yeah, again, let's next scene. <laughs> No, no, we we got to go through this scene. That Bart shows up okay. and he's like, you know what? Oh yes, true shit. The actual the actual narrative part of the scene. yeah, the narrative part of the plot where Bart shows up and he's like, seriously, Chuck, this is the fucking plan. Hang around with strippers and booze. That is your plan for a business. Whatever, and walks. Uh, and as he as he leaves, um, Chuck chases after him and finds Bart putting some very well dressed young Asian woman into a limo and then getting in with her and driving off. And it's like, mm. okay, he has a woman with yeah. him after he was with yeah. Lily. Oh, my gosh. But it's also the hands. Like, the hands are, like, it doesn't it doesn't appear, because, you know, men and women can be in uh, platonic friendship relationships and stuff, but it was the fact that Chuck, like, the way he, that's like, it's kind of like a hip slash waist kind of, like, but it, I don't know. It was something that you're like, yeah, like I'm not going up to any of my friends. And there was an intimate you know. touch. Yes, there we go. That's a good word. I, you know what? We, we, it's gone too long for us to really get into that. But I can see Bart being an affectionate person, and that these two people have probably hooked up in the past. They may not be hooking up now, but the fact that mm. he's able to touch her there indicates that they probably have, and maybe they just have that relationship now. Maybe they're just very comfortable. Yeah. Uh, we get a quick scene of Eleanor picking out clothes for Blair for the dinner. Um, I've forgotten what mm-hmm. dinner this is about. For the, of, for the, for the, for the um, Vanderbilts are coming over to celebrate. Uh, of course uh, they are. What's Nate's dad's name? Howard. Something. Howard. Howard getting the account. And also oh, right. uh, that's where Eleanor mentions that, you know, previously when she was speaking to Nate's mum, who I think gets a name in this episode, but blonde woman number eight, let's call her. Sure. Um, seeing the engagement ring that was the Vanderbilts and suddenly Blair's like oh he's mentioned the ring oh my gosh which yeah. at 16 getting engaged Blair what are you talking about stop it don't yeah, do that that's not part of Blair's plan uh, I've just learned no. that um, well, Nate's mother's name is Anne 
So oh, we hey, I was now. thinking it started with A, but then I got I thought it was Allison. Hey, that's got Allison and Anne. Yeah. Well, uh, here, here, this is a great example of why Blair should not give dating advice because when her mother talks about this, she assumes that mm. Nate was the one that was saying all these nice things mm. about getting married in the ring. It's like, if you had talked to your boyfriend, you would know he didn't do this or you might have talked about mm. it previously. So Blair saying, oh, yeah, you need communication for a great relationship. No, no, you have never had great communication, Blair. But maybe he's been planning this engagement the whole time. Of course he has. To surprise her. Yeah. So she didn't need to communicate because... Blair has a wonderful little world of denial going on and I would like to live there someday. It's pretty great. I'm sure it's pretty great. I feel like it would be pretty great. Nate's got... Well, not great Nate makes an appearance. Um, And this is more that it's not great for Nate as he decides to follow it, he goes to his dad's um, business mm. probably and follows him to what witness a drug deal. Uh, yeah. Way to go, Howard. Get another super to, to help you out because your son has taken your blow and yeah. now your son has watched you buy more drugs. Uh, it's mm. starting to seem like it's not, not great for, for Howard. Nate either. rolled a good perception check and Howard rolled a bad sleight of hand check. And Nate's rolling pretty well on stealth too. Yeah. Yes, he did. It it was about D and D probably a few weeks back. (laughs) Now it's about gossip girl and fucking. Yeah. So then we have okay. So Dan and Serena are in the loft, and uh, Serena horny. So she would like very much for Dan to take her in a manly fashion. Um, because they've got 20 minutes before before Rufus gets back from the shops. And if this yeah. isn't the teen experience of, of having the house to yourself with your boyfriend or girlfriend, I, you know what? That's probably enough said for me. Uh, they, they make a good go of it. They make a good go of it. Uh, Blake, my notes just Blake Wively is, is amazing uh, in this entire scene, but I've also got the notes saying that seriously, Serena, for your first time with this guy, do not settle for 20 minutes. <laughs> it's like 20 minutes of rushed sex while his dad is down at the shops and his sister might come on home any moment. Probably not going to be a great first time. Just, just throwing that out there. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, not great for it. Uh, see, does Dan- Serena know it's Dan's first time yet? Cause he hasn't actually no. come out like yeah he exactly not. she just assumed exactly it seems like a well this is the thing that it seems like a big revelation in the dream that dan is a virgin and kind of when you're a teenager it does feel like this big secret that you have to keep from everyone serena for some reason assumes that dan isn't and i i don't see why anyone would assume that dan is not a is not a virgin <laughs> like i think to he, serena because it's like shared experience like she knows blair is but that's because blair's got a whole big like you know rigmarole around how like you know this is going to be this event of all events whereas yeah. to her she probably assumes that like she's the normie because a lot of the other people she hangs around with probably like chuck like yeah. and she has met vanessa yeah it's like yeah anyway dan and vanessa do seem very close so it does feel a little bit like, yeah yeah um, so speaking Dan, of. yeah, speaking of Vanessa, uh, Dan's trying to, to distract Serena from, from the sexings. And thankfully for him, I guess, uh, Vanessa comes through the window and Dan just does the classic push Serena off the bed. No one's in here kind of look, yeah. uh, which isn't a great look 
for either of them. Uh, Dan kicks yeah. Vanessa out, but she just sneaks back in anyway because she's stealthy that way. But yeah. she's sad. She realizes that Serena and Dan are going to be hooking up and she very much wanted to be the one that hooked up with one of them. Um, so <laughs> Serena, Serena's trying to communicate. She's talking, again, communication being one of the most important things. She's trying to say, hey, maybe mm. we should actually talk about this because... That seems to be what Blair suggested. Uh, Dan mm. does not want to. He's super awkward. And Serena's like, well, maybe it's a good idea. And then Rufus comes home and ruins any sort of um, sort of conversation about it, which yeah. that would have been a very quick 20 minutes, <laughs> is, is my <laughs> point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so Chuck calls up Nate. Mm-hmm. Um, Chuck notice is- how I just let that whole segment go and no personal anecdotes. Notice how we're just going to skim that and we're going to move on to the next scene. Yeah, just- I, I feel that was bad. I had a number of stories that I was going to go to. I'm like, no, no, they don't need look to know at, that. Look at us. Look at us. Exactly. We're being mature. We're being mature. Yeah. The dating podcast is going to go on for a while, though. Uh, so Chuck, <laughs> Chuck calls Nate about this party tonight. Apparently he can't go because Chuck is smashed. He is blitzed. Mm. Basically, he, he got the bad yeah. news from from Bart and he just got trashed. Didn't go to school. Mm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lily sees him. I'm guessing he's outside mm-hmm. a hotel or something. So Lily goes to help him out and kind of yeah. pats him on the shoulder yeah. with a, there, there, little Chuck. Uh, so, mm. saying, well, because she's like, oh, you're going to be my stepson soon. So let's deal yeah. with this. And you kind of know about me and your dad. So I, I don't yeah. talk to him. And Bart does, oh, Chuck does say, Bart didn't like the proposal. It kind of sucked. Um, kind of whinges a little bit about why Bart doesn't respect him when he's working so hard and it's so tough being Chuck Bass, all the stuff that mm. he, he normally does. And then he sort of just idly drops in about the the woman he saw Bart with, which, mm. fuck you, Chuck. Like, what the, what the fuck, Chuck? This is worse than the the shorts and the hat and the vest that you wore to basketball. This is just, he's doing it deliberately to hurt Lily. Like, this isn't going to hurt Bart as, well, I guess it does kind of hurt Bart, but this is an attack on Lily more than Bart. Actually, you know what? I'm I'm completely wrong. It is just an attack on Bart, isn't it? And he doesn't care how Lily feels at all. Or is he just a dude who's just a bit drunk and is being a bit too no. honest and didn't really think about the outcome of it at the time? No, he's this hurt is because this his is dad deliberate. has. Okay, I can't really justify it too much. I was going to try, but yeah. I can't. No, he's doing it deliberately to hurt hurt Bart. Uh, and yeah, Lily's just like, no, no, he does that a lot. Like that was forever ago, and Chuck's like, no, it was yesterday. Like I saw yeah. him yesterday. So apparently, he's been just drinking for the last two days. Yeah. Nate comes clean uh, now that he's had... I don't think he's actually called Chuck back, which is probably for the best. Uh, he co- talks to Anne and he's like, you know what? Those were not my drugs. They were dad's drugs. Um, yeah. And, you know, I saw, I saw him buying more drugs. This is a major problem. And mm-hmm. here, this is... I, you know what? If Chuck is a whoopee, Nate is a bigger one. Nate is my version of Chuck here. He doesn't have this redemptive mm. arc, but he goes to his mother and says, "Hey, I think Dad's addicted to drugs." And his mother and so can, we need to help him. We need to help him. 
And mm. his mother's just like, no, you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. It's like, oh, my fucking God. And then yeah. blames him for his dad being into coke. You hadn't been so difficult. Mm. Oh, my God. No wonder yeah. he's stoned yeah. all the time. You don't want to be around yeah. these people. No. I think I think Nate's parents are the worst oh, of they the are. parents. They are. He just needs to emancipate yeah. himself right now and get his trust fund and, like, he, he he needs to go around the world. He needs to, you know, steal all Carter Basin's money and just travel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he'd do well in like a, I can imagine him in, a, in like a yoga retreat in a bud in like Indonesia or yeah. like you're playing hacky sack and just yeah. living his best life. Yeah. I feel that would work. He could just live off the interest of one of his trust fund accounts in a situation like yeah. that. He's just like, yeah, you know what? I've yeah. got my yurt. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I just do some spear fishing occasionally when I need food. <laughs> Sell drugs to the, the tourists. It's fun. <laughs> so then we get... So Dan's doing his research, unlike either of us for, for this episode, which is probably the best, given what he's actually researching. Yeah. Yes. This is where he has the beautiful uh, pocket hardcover version of the Kama Sutra, which, again, I feel like... I don't know who started this urban myth. Mm. I don't know who to blame for it, but like I do remember a phase of like... In high school, it was like the thing that everyone wanted a copy of because that's what we thought everyone used. And it's the most unpractical guide you could possibly have. I mean, that is that is true. It It's not so much a, a practical guide. It is like a dictionary. Yes. Oh, look, yeah. can I have a disclaimer? I've never read it cover to cover. Like, Why would so you, you know to? what? If it's... If there's like a philosophical, you know, input into this that I've missed, please feel free to at me. Um, but I just feel like it was one of those things that like really just people were like, oh, what? I've got to be a gymnast to be able to do this? Okay, shit. I better start split straining. Yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch of other stuff around the Kama Sutra and there's a bit of probably cultural appropriation given, um, you know, the history of, of colonization in, a, in, in the world. True. But... Oh, true. Actually, I've never thought about that level of like, Oh, yeah. yeah. And like the objectification of, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's but a whole really bunch a of stuff thing. in the Kama Sutra. So, yeah, Dan is reading the Kama Sutra. Uh, well, is he reading it? Because Vanessa kind of interrupts and he closes the laptop. He's got the Kama Sutra out, but he's got he's he's watching porn. He is watching porn. He claims it's art cinema, is but he, it is porn. Is, no, exactly, Jim. He's not watching. He is watching SBS on a Saturday night at... 11.30 p.m. when your parents have gone to bed. Was it Sunday? Apparently. I thought it was Thursday. I think that's what it used to be. Well, it was, I don't know. I, again, okay. I don't know. You, you make fun. I, I know we weren't going to get into personal stories. I found a lot of really good world cinema that way. Through watching SBS when your parents have gone to bed at late so- at night? A little bit. There are. It wasn't so much when my parents had gone to bed, but there were a number of like you have the codes in in um, this is what this movie is rated M for, and it might be swearing or drug use or nudity or violence. And yeah. there are a number of really well made art pieces where it's like yes, but you see someone's butt, so we have to put in a nudity rating. And when you're a kid, you just see oh nudity. I want to watch that because it's salacious, and yeah. you end up watching some really good films, okay, like waiting. Wait, kind of. Is it, you know what? I'm on Dan's side here. There, there is the potential. Okay, you know what? If you watch Blue is the Warmest Color and tell me it is not a heartbreaking fucking relationship drama with a lot of lesbian sex in it, 
then you are watching a completely different film. It's like there is graphic lesbian sex in it, but it is this brutal film about the destruction of a relationship. I mean, I really only watched SBS for Iron Chef, so I feel like you and I had very different uh, experiences here growing growing up. To be fair, Blue is the Warmest Colour isn't on SBS back then. It's on now. But um, yeah, there were there were some good films that you could watch. Not the ones that Dan are what Dan's watching. Dan seems to be watching porn. Again, one man's porn is apparently another man's art house cinema. I think who he fa- are we to judge? I think he found some tasteful erotica uh, that is probably Rufus's. <laughs> I feel Rufus has done a couple of like uh, also, private gallery showings for people. Let's also cover the fact that it's a DVD. So, kids, before before there was a streaming service that shall not get named that, that anyway, before before the internet, well, no, this was during the internet, but before the internet got good and it took you, like, you know, you could download five minutes of footage in instantly. Yeah. There were things called DVDs. And then you used to go to a, a DVD shop or a blockbuster, and then there was a section that you get double dead, dog dead to go into if you were there with a group of friends for a sleepover because... You know, and anyone who would dare hire one of these said videos and take it to the counter would, you know, be seen. No, no, you you put it in because they'd always have a deal, like get five videos for $20 or something. Mm. Uh, We're not Mm. even going to get into videos. Uh, You get five five movies for $20. So you get like four regular movies and then you just slip one one art house um, pornography film in there as well. So you could slip through. Uh, I... And so Vanessa interrupts uh, Dan's porn watching and she wants to talk to him. She wants to talk to him more than Serena does because she seems to have wanted to very much jump the, the Humphrey bone when when uh, they were not dating earlier. Or maybe they were just discussing it because she seems to be under the impression that Dan wanted to wait until he was in love or whatever, whatever garbage he was spouting back then, uh, but is very aware now that he wants to shag Serena. Um, and Dan points out that it was different back then because no one wanted to have sex with him. Mm. It's like, it is, it's that simple. That is the teenage boy that I believe. It's like mm. quite happy to change his beliefs. Despite the fact that it seems like Vanessa did want to, and yeah. he was just so blind to it that yeah. he had no idea. I, yeah, I think that's accurate. Yeah. Vanessa very much did want to, but they, they were such good friends that would have ruined the friendship and she didn't know he was into her. And then he only said something when she was going to leave. And mm. yeah, the, so, and well, Vanessa's kind of slut shaming Serena. She kind of points out like, mm. oh, a girl like her sort of, sort of talk, which is not yeah, cool. But that's because she likes dad. Like she, she's in to her, to her she sees herself in direct competition. She does well. She does the very Serena. subtle. She does the very subtle. Well, if it were me, I'd want you yes. to do these things. Yeah. It's like I do like that. You're right. It is subtle. I did like that. No, well, it is subtle for for Dan. Dan doesn't clue in at all. For the audience, it's like, dude, just like give him your bra. That'll work. He'll figure that out. So it is very clear. You are saying you are now trying to get him to think about you having sex. That is what Vanessa is doing in this scene. Whether it works well, she or not, just give him good advice. I can't remember what she gives him. But if it were me with you, I'd want you to hide Cedric, maybe get some candles, and replace the football sheets. But take it or leave it. Thanks. 
if I know, you know, I know if I was Serena, that's right. I know if right. I was Serena, I would want you to put Cedric away yeah. behind the football sheets and maybe light a few candles. Yeah, that is subtle. That is subtle. Mm. All right. Well done. Points to, to make for explaining it. Yes. <laughs> so I'm for one of... One of the few storylines in this episode that are not about sex is uh, Jenny and her little interactions with Blair. Uh, as Jenny goes to see Blair and is like, oh, yeah, thanks for returning that bracelet. It's important to me. And Blair's like, I don't give a shit. I really do not care what you what you stuck into my party and I'm not going to help you ever again. Uh, which obviously is is devastating to, to Jenny. who's like, you know what? I don't need help ever again. Um, yeah. I can't remember why this happens, but Blair then's like, well, I'll tell you a secret. Nate's going to ask me to marry him. What? No, I don't think, because I don't think at this stage she's not totally ousting Jenny yet. 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 Um, Because, like I said, she, you know, but she's just kind of trying to keep that alpha. Because I think she is like, I think for Blair is Blair can see what's coming. And Blair's like, oh, you could if you really wanted to put your mind to it. I reckon you could take me down, but I'm not going to let you know that I know that you know that. Or let you know that at all. Yeah. 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 She wants to keep Jenny in the dark and keep Jenny as a submissive. Yes. Phrasing phrasing was uh, was intentional in that case. (laughs) Um. Yeah. But yeah, and then she tells that, and then Jenny, you know, becomes, once Blair talks about, like, getting proposed, then Jenny has, like, an internal, like, turmoil about does she come out, and, and then she's like, I don't want to hurt you. Does she come out? And then, and then, <laughs> and well, she comes out and tells Blair the truth about her and Nate at the ball. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I yeah. does she say that he thought she was Serena, or did she just mention yeah. the kiss? Oh, okay, yeah. wow. Yep, that's yeah. that's gonna hurt. Wow. You see, and you see Blair get glassy eyed, and that's when she says to Jenny, she like lashes out at Jenny, like you know, go like that's when she's like, nah, you're you're done. Which is and poor Jay, that's why the little Jay's like, ah, because you know she tried to do the right thing and it just blew up in her face. Yeah, mm, mm. I don't know. I feel that she may have planned this. Oh really? Yeah, I I have suspicions about um, little regular McCutcheon muffles. We almost and got a whole episode without that name coming up. It it will never not happen. Uh, these three scenes back to back, this one and the next two, I think are very well done. So I'm going to be on your side saying this is a well-made and put-together show because we have this with this reveal about um, about Serena and, and Nate, like or Nate's Serena, and then we go to mm. the party that they're having and Blair's just kind of hiding mm. away from it all. She doesn't want to deal with Nate. So Nate comes to her and is like, hey, what's going on? Are you okay? And Blair kind of gives him that chance to, is there something you want to tell me about the masquerade ball? Uh, and then yeah. it jumps to a scene of Nate and Serena making out and like about to fuck yeah. because it's another one of Dan's little imagination spots. Uh, and he's yeah. like circling around them and asking like, well, do you like it when he pulls your hair? Is there like a little bit of yeah. a choking or a spanking thing going on here? What's, what, what, what are you into? That does Serena? not come off in the episode. That does I not mean, come off in the episode. I feel Don't it could have. This I is an SBSR house film, Jeremy. <laughs> um, Look, SBS like would have shown secretary. Like, yeah, true. True. 
Valerie's always like, oh, does the shirt need to billow as much as, and then Nate's like, mm-hmm. yeah. Really showing off Chase Crawford. coming from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's, you know what, this is a weird, a weird thing for Dan to be imagining. Like mm. he's, he's like, oh, that must be so awkward and like kind of gripping it, like pinching his nose and all this stuff. But he also seems kind of into it. He seems to be wanting to direct them a little bit. And again, this is yeah. like his weird little, little gossip girly, I like to watch element, I feel. Maybe this is, yeah. am I not? Yeah. yeah. And also the fact as well that, because this is the same, they're on the same bar that Nate oh, and Serena, like it's it's the same, I'm pretty sure it's the same literal set. Like was, I'm assuming it was probably filmed on the same day. Um, not that I know how. It makes sense. Work, but but oh, no, the, the pilot would have been filmed with, ages ago. This would be the same yeah, set at all. It look, well, it looks very similar. It's like a yeah. similar bar setup that they've previously shown from Nate and Serena hooking up. Um, but that means that that's still playing in the back of Dan's mind as well. As much as he's like, oh, I've forgiven, like, well, not that he needs to forgive her because it wasn't any of his business what happened, but, like, he's still very aware that whilst that she had sex with her best friend's boyfriend who was in a meant to be in a committed relationship at the time. Yeah. So that's still playing back in his subconscious as well. So as much as he says he's cool with it. Yes. Most, most definitely that little voice of once a cheater, always a cheater. Yeah. Yeah. I, Which, I didn't you know, look. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying that that's a little no. voice that goes in people's heads. Yeah, yeah. I also don't agree, but yes. Yeah. You don't agree that that's in people's heads when they're like Dan Humphreys? No. Yes. Okay. Sure. Let's keep going. <laughs> Let's keep going. Let's keep going because this time he's interrupted by Rufus. So, um, yeah, another person interrupting him and discovering that he's oh. reading about sensuous Getting massage. Getting a sex talk from Rufus would be the best. It would be actually. <laughs> The sex talk from Rufus would be amazing. He'd be like, you know, it would, would be, be so, real. It would be so respectful as well. He's like, look, you need yeah. to make sure you're safe. Here are some items. Yeah. Look, you don't want to have anything out in the open. You want to make talk sure about it afterwards. Board. You want to be respectful. Mm-hmm. You want to get everyone's names mm-hmm. afterwards and make sure there's a number <laughs> they can call. <laughs> I feel that yeah. he'd probably go yeah. into this is how group sex operates as well <laughs> because he's Rufus. Yeah. Yeah. Now, sometimes you might want to meet up with several people, and that's okay. That's totally healthy. Yeah. You just got to make sure what? that everyone's comfortable with everything. If you want to experiment with guys, that's fine. If you want to experiment with girls, that's fine. Just make sure everyone's safe and everyone. Yeah. yeah. It's it's very much a Rufus Humphrey sex talk would be amazing. Yeah. This is what the title of our podcast should be called. Our dating podcast, the Rufus Humphrey sex talk. <laughs> So Will we just role play being Rufus. <laughs> just yeah, we get a question. Oh my, One can person I be, reads can it I and the other person. Can I be sure. Lily and you get to be Rufus? Amazing. Sure. One, it, is the, if, it is the gossip girl spit off spit off podcast oh that nobody is asking for. Nobody is asking for. Nobody. <laughs> but it's going to happen because whoever actually it's asked for a podcast need. we made. It is. It is. And okay, this is a proof why Rufus Humphrey would have great sex talk. Because he realizes yes. what's happening with Dan almost immediately. Yes. As soon as he encounters yes. it, he gets out of his head dealing with Allison and just goes, you know what? I'm busy at the gallery for the next 24 hours. Just the loft, it's going to be parentless. Yeah, yeah, here's the number if you need to call me. But if you need if you need advice, what do I do now, Dad? Um, if you need my recipe for waffles the next morning, yeah. it's taped yeah. to the fridge. But I'm just, I'm just going to go. I'm going to be out of here. No, no questions. Um, and I mean, he is also saying, I'm going to be there and you can come if you want. I'm giving you that out. 
if you're not comfortable yet, if you're not ready yet, you can use this as an excuse to say, oh, but my dad's making me work. And Dan's like, no, I think I'm ready. I think I'm going to stay at the loft. And Rufus is like, cool, cool. Be safe. Condoms in the counter beside my bed. No, Rufus would have his... He wouldn't make someone go through someone else's... No, he wouldn't. There'd be a bowl by the door. Because also... Yeah. Those regular dads. I'm like a cool dad. (laughs) He so is. He is the the cool dad in inverted commas. I'd have you just try here with me when it's safe. Just ask me, do you guys want to try anything? That's weird now. If it's alcohol, it's okay. If it's yeah. a sex talk, if you go to a weird place, let's keep moving through oh, yeah, the episode. <laughs> let's keep moving. Uh, so Vanessa and Jenny are basically filling in for Dan instead, since he's bailed on on the um, on the gallery setup. So they're there yeah. instead. Um, and Vanessa's like, "Hey, great! You told Blair. That's really good of you. You did the right thing." Uh, and maybe maybe your parents could actually communicate and be honest. And I feel that she's just kind of making sure the the separation is is done so she can move in on Rufus herself. <laughs> Look, it, I can write my fanfic in my head that she's gone. Yeah. You know what? The da- Dan Humphrey useless. He's clearly got this whole virgin thing going on. But Rufus, we know Rufus fucks. We got proof, like <laughs> from two kids. <laughs> You can see Jeremy's Tumblr fanfic. Uh, we'll post the link up after this. <laughs> live journal. Thank you me. very much. It's definitely oh, going to be the live I'm journal. Sure. I knew it wasn't Tumblr. I knew as soon as I said, I'm like, it's not. There's another site. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, apologies. And then you can have your your other uh, your pictorial on 4chan. Oh my god. Pictorial. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm going to get a reputation. Of dead oh, I, I blame you for picking the show. <laughs> so. And- at the Waldorf dinner uh, that we're finally at, Howard is like, yeah. Howard must be blitzed out of his brain. He's oh, like, yeah, total, yeah no, he's not yeah. reading the I don't the know what drugs all. are, but he, he seems weird. Like, yeah. I genuinely don't actually know if that's what people actually like. So he is not reading the room. He's like, oh, yeah, just try on the ring. It's fine. Everything's good. It's cool. Does anyone need to go to the bathroom? I need to go to the bathroom. No reason. Um <laughs> Nate kind of drags him out. Nate gets him out of the room because he realizes how fucking awkward everything's being. He's like, cool, let's dad, let's yeah. go smoke cigars. Because cigars are cool, but cocaine isn't. Okay. Okay. Let's um So we go from from um them smoking cigars in the mm. well, in the loft, not in the loft, in the penthouse, to uh the club, uh Victrola, where you probably could smoke cigars. I feel that that's a, a good spot for smoking cigars. There would be mm. like a lot of laws where you just smoke in there it'd be cool chuck is there and chuck well, is sad this is the era i think you still could oh no because we've covered this before about the smoking on tv that's right because yeah there was a whole thing i think you if can, you mentioned you there was like some other like great show there was some other yeah. show yeah like oh, amazing show judge judy or ricky no, lake i can't remember no, exactly but no, you mentioned but... that there was some other jerry's yeah anyway yeah, some... um anyway yeah you mentioned about that smoking was out on that so yeah certainly for teen shows yeah. Might be for things like yes. True Detective later on. But I think but New York was one of the first cities to get rid of smoking as well, though. Yeah, that tracks that New York liberal elite. Jeez, always trying to make us live longer. Yeah. Uh, so Chuck is sad in his club and uh, Bart shows up. Bart just kind of plops down next to him in this massive couch that he seems to have booked for himself. And um, mm. the woman that Chuck saw him with earlier uh, is introduced as Pauletta Cho. Uh, Cho? Chow? I think it's Cho. 
Uh, either way, they Very arrive. Nice. And it turns out that uh, Paletta is actually a journalist um, who has been interviewing Bart for a little while. And she had a look at the numbers that, um, that Chuck gave Bart and was like, yeah, burlesque is like a real thing. Burlesque is a thing that's actually good money. You should do this. So Bart apologizes for how he acted. Again, Bart Bass, good dad. He realized, he like, he over, he, he didn't overreact. He reacted the way that he felt was necessary. And when he realizes he was wrong, he goes and apologizes. He owns, In, his, owns his mistake. He owns his mistake, words. which you know who doesn't do that, even despite the fact that he is clearly having that um, behavior modeled for him on a regular basis, it seems. Fucking Chuck. Lily. Chuck. Oh. <laughs> Either way, um, they Bart agrees, I'm going to invest in your club. You can run this place. We'll see how it goes. And it's been weird. I haven't been able to reach Lily at all. I should invite her down. And Chuck has to explain what he did. Uh, which is is not great. Uh, so Nate and Howard, again, parents or fathers and sons arguing. So they're really backing mm-hmm. these scenes together really well uh, for this mm. two, second third of the episode. <laughs> and so they're arguing. Um, they're downstairs yeah. from it. And Nate's like, Dad, you've got a problem. I learned it from watching you, Dad. I learned it from watching you. No, he didn't at all. Uh, they're talking about how Nature's like you, you, you. You're a drug addict. You have so many issues, and Howard's saying, "No, I'm the, I'm the parent. You're the child. You do what I say." Um, yes. And wants to go back inside, and Nate's like, "No, we're not done. We're not done talking about that." And that is when Howard fucking clocks him. Yeah, which like, I still remember watching that before. Um, that like that was still, yeah, like. I don't it know. Still for is, me, like yeah. as much as like all the yeah, like all the like sex and stuff, I know gossip girls, but 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 like the fact that he, the fact that his dad just like straight out because it's not even like you know how sometimes they play out in scenes like you know there's a tussle and someone means mm. to hit someone else and they hit the person they're actually you know care for and that's a bit of a like ah this is just he straight out just like king hits Sma- his son he does he just smacks him right in the face knocks him down to the ground like this isn't just like a sucker yeah. punch this knocks him down it's like yeah dude. Like that's, it's not even, I would have thought like a backhand or a cuff or something like, no, get out of my way. Like a shove. This is just, I'm going to mm. punch you and smack. Mm. It's like, but I guess like, again, mm. I guess, is that kind of meant, it's like, unpre- it's, they're trying to show like someone who's unpredictable, who's like yeah. on drugs. Yeah. I, uh. I feel like this probably isn't the first time, like not for a while. That is hit I've, Dan. Oh, I hit Nate. Sorry. Yeah. I feel like this has happened before. Like, not, not to this level. Mm. It's not like he's, like, closed fists smacking around, but it's just, like, pushes and shoves and things because they have that equal sort of relationship when they go running, but it's very much I'm... Howard's always like, I'm the one in charge. Mm. So you do what I say, mm. and if you don't, you get smacked down or you get grounded or whatever. But when he was little, he, like, gave yeah. him a shove and gave him a smack around the ear, that kind of thing, and this is just kind mm. of an extension from that because he does it without... Yeah. Th- like, it's not even... It's not premeditated. It's just lashing out... And so far, we haven't mm. seen him, like, be that sort of guy. Like, obviously, he might yeah. be hiding it. But I feel that this is this is just his reaction. It, it's creepy. I don't want to talk about it anymore, honestly. Uh, we'll, we'll keep moving. Yeah. Unless you want to get delve into it more. No, no. I think it just, it's no. just, it's an important thing. So I think it defines the relationship 
relationship between those two and it makes yeah talking about like building a good villain like holy yeah. shit that's a way you can totally make a party hate someone just yeah, straight is, up this is the kick the puppy moment or he's not quite yeah. the moral event horizon that he's completely unredeemable from here but he's yeah. not he is now the villain that we we dislike yeah uh and it's yeah. it's interesting that the cops just happen to be driving past at this exact moment and see what looks like a tussle. So they decide to stop. And the New York police doing a really good job for once, um, going over to Nate first and being like, hey, is everything okay? Not asking the adult mm. who's like, um, I'm yeah. his dad, it's fine. He's like, no, no, I asked him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Nate turns his dad in. Yeah, I'm sorry, like, yeah. dad. Check his pockets. Yeah. Check his pockets while you're there. Is it is it and wrong then he, that um, I, is it wrong that I find Nate hot hmm. here? <laughs> I don't think it's wrong to find Nate hot. Full stop. But he like, just got punched just, by his dad, and he's like getting him arrested. Uh, it's like this isn't probably the best time for Nate to be hot. But it's showing that he's a strong, like you know, he's 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 still like he's owning it, and he's standing up for himself, and like because yeah. I'm sure a lot of people in that situation would say, no, no, everything's fine. Yeah, I'm sure true. there are a bunch of people. If For various reasons, not to say that it's there, you know, but in that situation, that takes a lot no, of strength. There's no right or wrong response in that situation. No. Um, you do what is safe for you at the time. But yeah. where if this is the, the beginning of Chuck's redemptive arc, this is the the turning point for Nate's self-discovery arc. Hmm. Like, he's been talking about it before, and we've seen him be like, oh, yeah, I like, Chuck's called him on it. It's like, well, you want to find out who you are. Who the fuck are you? Even trying? And now he's started yeah. to find out. When the chips are down, this is who I am. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. Way to go, Nate. Mm-hmm. And then Nate he bribes the, great. the, bribes the doorman as well to be like, you saw nothing. Or no, what is he? His dad went home sick or something, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah, he bribes the doorman as well to be like... Didn't even notice that. Maybe that's the next scene. But he doesn't. Oh, maybe. Um, (laughs) And again, good dad, Bart Bass. Bart's response to basically Chuck ruining um, his relationship with Lily doesn't hit him. He's like, I'm going to go fix this. I love that this is in this show. I love that that is a standard for like good parenting. (laughs) You know what? This is... This, for this show, yes, this is great parenting because Bart's like, I am really mad at you, but we made an agreement about this club and that does not affect, like how I'm feeling about you right now does not affect the deal that we made. Mm. So we yeah. will go through with this whole thing. You can go and explain to Lily and get her back. This is on you to sort out, not on me. Yeah. I have done nothing yeah. wrong in this situation and you need to take some responsibility, yeah. Chuck. So you go and fix it. I imagine that Chuck's full name could be like, Chuckasaurus or like Chuckus. Like I feel like Chuck is Oh he's probably it's, it's Charles. Charles. Right? I'm probably it's probably Charles, but I'm just gonna call him what the fuck Chuck for for foreseeable future. I just never hear anyone call him by his full name. Like you know, like Bart is Bartholomew. Like I wanna hear Ch- like Chuck Tholomew. You go and talk to <laughs> Lily right now and you sort that out. <laughs> Chuck Tholomew, Evergreen, Gwendolyn Bass, you go speak to Lily right now. Oh, yeah, that's probably his full name. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we start to get the denouement of, of all these arcs coming together. Of, of Nate 
bribing the doorman, as we mentioned, and Blair comes out after all the, the shenanigans as his dad get, as Nate's mm. dad gets dragged away by the cops. Great look for him, by mm. the way. And says, mm. oh, I never knew. Why didn't you come to me? And Nate's like, I tried. You have so much fucking stuff going on. You just have not been paying any attention to me. Um, yeah. And she's like, I know about what happened to the ball. Do you love me? Go with mm. your family. Well, she You're... talks to no, She talks because he brings up the ball. Oh, okay. And then she says, good point about the ball. You totally ignored me. And he was like, well, I was, you had other stuff on my mind, obviously. Yeah. And yeah. And then it turns into the whole, like, do you even love me? Mm-hmm. Poor sad, poor sad Blair. But this is kind of the conversation that they should have been having for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, probably like to be honest, probably a good six to twelve months by the by the sounds of it. Yeah, like when Serena left, they should have mm. started having this conversation because she wasn't in the picture at all. But then again, Nate was thinking, well, I'm never going to see her again, so it's not really an issue. Uh, yeah. But yeah, she's like, I don't, I don't need you. Your dad needs you. I don't. Just, just don't. So. <laughs> He called a cab uh, and she just steals it. Despite the fact that this is her place. It's like, she's mm. so mad that she's at her house and she leaves, leaving him there. No. That's well, fantastic. Yeah. She, well, she tells, she, the idea being that like, he's going to have to go deal with his mom and deal with his dad. And like, yeah. you need to be with your, you need to go do the family thing. I'm going to go to Chuck's club. Uh, because oh, is that I where she's going? Be here. Yeah. I know where she's going. I just was oh. trying to keep the suspense for all our listeners who oh, shit, should have watched sorry. the episode anyway, so it doesn't matter. Sorry. Well, because they mentioned... No, no there's no you're mention. Right, I oh, I sorry. Think, I think there might have been a no, thing like... No, he does hey. say... He says... She's like, where are you... Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe Nate yeah. says that he's going yeah. to Chuck's club. He says he's going to the club, and then she's like, "That's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I am. No, goddammit. No, yeah. He says I'm going to the club, and then they have that conversation. And she's like, "Well, you got to go hang out with your dad. I go to club now." That is exactly how Blair Waldorf sounds on a, a regular basis. Me go club now. I go to the club now. So um, yeah, yeah. I I just like I that she goes. Me too. Accent. 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 <laughs> Freezing. This episode is a trial. Oh, my God. And oh, what was I going to say about it? It doesn't matter. Let's keep going. So Dan and Serena are at a place. Um, Dan has been in the bathroom for quite a while, apparently. Um so Serena just waiting for him this whole time. Saint Serena, because her patience here must be very tested, uh, waiting for her uh-huh. boyfriend to just kind of. Say, he is now. He is now ready to make love. He has prepared himself, mind, body, and soul. Yeah, this. This. He doesn't say that, but I feel that that is the kind of thing that he would have said in this situation. Mm. He, you know, that- he's in the mirror. He's in the mirror, looking and going, Dan, you can do this. Dan, yeah. you just got to believe in yourself. You're a strong, confident oh, young man already. who who ne- doesn't need anybody's approval. Uh, but he's made his room all romantic and shit. He's hidden Cedric away. He's got rid of the football sheets. He's putting candles, mm-hmm. most likely. Um, he's just mm-hmm. done the, the standard TV romance look. Uh, Serena's pretty wowed by it. And I can see why. It's like he has put the effort in. He's tried to make it special. Uh, it might be a fire hazard, but still it's... It's a thing. Mm. Uh, so they make out a bit. And Blair shows up at the club, um, tells Chuck that Nate and she broke up. 
uh, and mm-hmm. she just wants she just wants to escape. She doesn't want to deal with all the drama because there's a lot of drama mm-hmm. going on with with mm-hmm. Blair at the moment. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. drink, mm-hmm. Um, and they're just watching the dances, which is. And this is one of the first times we see Blair like drink as well. Like although yeah. there's been lots because we've made this comment before how like actually you pointed it out to me to be honest. Yeah about the fact that she's often the observer. She's there at all the things, but she like, you know, has one drink she nurses or she never, she's usually hands-free. Yeah. Yeah. And he, she is drinking. She's drinking to get drunk. Mm. She is drinking to get smashed and forget everything. Uh, And again, we get to see that side of Blair where she actually lets her hair down and like, or makes herself vulnerable. Well, maybe not vulnerable, but Mm. certainly makes herself a lot more fun. Mm. Uh, As she's talking about how, hey, I, I could do that. Those dances up there, I could do that. That's definitely yeah. that tracks. I got moves. I got moves. I got moves like Jagger. I know you don't want to talk about what happened, but relief. I feel relief. You know, I got moves. Really? Then why don't you get up there? No. I'm just saying, I have moves. Come on, you're ten times hotter than any of those guys. I know what you're doing, Bass. You really don't think I'll go up there. I know you won't do it. Guard my drink. And Chuck challenges her. Uh, he's like, hey, all right, prove it. Which... No, no, no. He, sorry, hang on. Oh, no, a slight okay. difference. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweak it slightly because she says, I bet you don't think I can do that. And he's like, I don't know. I, you know, I don't think... You can, but you know, I'm happy to be proved wrong. She's like, no, you don't think I've, you don't think I've got it in me, and then so it's like a, like a double dare, like it's a slightly, I don't, just because the way they deliver it is that there's a, there's a small part of Chuck that I think he almost doesn't want her to get up there mm. because he likes her for himself a little bit. Again, Ooh, maybe, maybe I'm reading into this too much because I like am projecting. But I, I don't know. I wouldn't read it that way. She is very much challenging herself to do it. Like she's like oh, yeah. you. You don't think, and is she talking to Blair? She's talking to Blair there, or is she talking to Chuck? And I think she's talking yeah, to Blair. That's true. And she's mm-hmm. using Chuck as an excuse to be like, "Well, if Chuck doesn't think I can do it, then I'm going to prove him wrong." And yeah. Chuck I isn't like so much. Him. Chuck isn't so much wanting to keep her to himself. He doesn't want to see his friend embarrassed. Ah, uh, that's true. I that's think he's true. Like, that's a much better take, actually. I just yeah. think there was some kind of protection of some kind, and I assumed it was him being selfish. But you're right, Jeremy. It's because this character is on their redemption arc that they are just wanting to protect their friend. Yeah, I will give you that. Maybe not even on the and arc. You he said just, that. He cares about Blair on a number of levels. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? Yeah. If you think you can do this, you can give it a go, but I don't actually think you can do this and i think there's going to be a messiness afterwards and this is where we get to the yeah. start of the episode because it's a little bookend <gasps> of him watching her start to do the burlesque and slip mm. strip down to her shemis her slip Which her shift. also like yeah slip. but also interesting point because back back when eleanor was picking out this outfit it was a very conservative, high-necked, you know, long-sleeved outfit. And Blair makes a comment like, oh, yeah, it'd be cute if I was, like, sailing on the Mayflower. So the fact that she's gone from this outfit that was, like, pointed out to be conservative and, like, the opposite of revealing, then she ends up taking it off in a prohibition club. Yeah. I mean, that is that is some solid TV right there making. <laughs> some solid 
It is, no, this is a good episode. This is a well done episode. Uh, they did I just it. Love every they time didn't I watch just... this, Jeremy. I can't wait till you say this is the best teen drama 2007. I know it's. I know it's Ooh. just sitting on the tip of your tongue. Ooh, that is a tough call. We might get to it by the end of the season, but we'll see. This is two good episodes in a row, yeah. after all. I know. Uh, that's what I said. Uh, yeah, and it's 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 a good one because they could have gone for the easy, salacious. It's all about the sex episode, but no, it's solidly written. It's good, good editing. It's um, building so the characters really nicely. What? Like, as in, like, good messages, as in, like, you know, that it's okay to communicate about sexual relationships. And oh, like, yes. You know, respect what people want and that yes. kind of stuff. Like, yes, it has some, yeah. some, some clever, um, healthy, healthy messages, as you're saying. Uh, none of the characters are following it for the most part, but it's certainly attempting to do it. I uh, yeah. and although. Mm, I feel that, okay, they've got the nice, nice, safe sex between Dan and Serena, which is about to happen in the next scene. Blair and Chuck are eye-fucking, like, this Mm -hmm. whole scene. Like, Mm -hmm. this is, this is the most salacious thing they do. Like, that's, that's a, that is a visual guide for how to flirt with, how to fuck someone with your eyes. That, you just watch Mm -hmm. this scene. That is what Mm -hmm. you do. Uh, and then you go back and watch previous episodes and you see those little glances and when Chuck's uh, like over Blair's shoulder, do it. Go back. I've watched this show enough, Jeremy. This is like my fifth or seventh, seventh or sixth watching. I don't know. Do I really want to go back and rewatch them though? <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you do because uh, it's going to be the best. It's going to be your favourite show. So, yeah, it might be by this stage. <laughs> Uh, so Lily arrives at the gallery. Drew's Stockholm Syndrome from the fact you're being forced to talk about it for like so many hours. Yeah, I see four lights. <laughs> I love Big Brother. Yeah. So uh, Rufus wasn't actually lying about this 24-hour gallery thing because when Lily shows up, they have a nice bit of banter uh, and mm. just because that's how they operate on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, and Rufus is like, so did you break up with Bart again? Is that why you're here? And Lily's like, a little bit. Uh, and he's like, you know yeah. what? I'm, yeah, I'm she's like, oh, well, I'll just leave then. Yeah, well, Rufus is, like, Rufus is like, I'm fed up with your bullshit. You can't use me yeah. as a backup because that's mm-hmm. what you've been doing for these last few weeks. Like, I like being around you, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, you need to you need to stop doing that. And she's like, well, I'll just go. And he's like, no, I didn't say that. I mean, mm. <laughs> I still want you around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Rufus. Oh, Rufus. Yeah. <laughs> Poor baby Rufus. Uh, so Dan and Serena make out to nice strummy, strummy la la music, uh, the guitar music, which is again mm-hmm. iconic because Rufus is a guitar player. It's like, is he just playing mm-hmm. like. They're old? listening to Lincoln Hawk. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. <laughs> and okay, here's a, a wonderful. Rufus moment. made a CD for Dan. That's, he, that's just Lincoln Hawk and then Wonderwall somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. It just comes through in the middle of the, the makeout session. Uh, we we should remark this is a good again. This is a really good scene about consent yeah. and communication because they're making out and it's getting really hot and heavy. I'm pretty certain they're both naked under the sheet. I don't quite remember, but yeah. Um, Serena stops him and it's like, wait, and he's like, oh wait, did I do something wrong? Like total fear, mm. and she says, no, I'm scared. I'm really happy to be here with you right now. 
What, did I do something wrong? No. I knew the hair thing was too much. No. No, it's just, um... Um, I'm just never good. What? I'm scared. Of me? No. Well, yes, but... No, I've just... I've never... You've, you've never... You're not... No. Right. No, I, I wish... It's just nobody's ever looked at me the way you just did. In fact, I don't think they looked at me at all. You think I'm crazy, don't you? No, no, I don't. Are you mad? She's like, she admits that she's not quite sure what's going on. And this is because he's the first person to look at her the way he's looking at her. It's not this this drunk hookup. It's not just pure yeah. lust. It's like affection yeah. and caring. And Dan, super respectful, given in this situation, most of the time he isn't. But in this one, he is that he, she says, stop. And he does immediately. And he's like, mm. we can just back off and see what you're comfortable with. Um, so, yeah. You know what? Really well written scene as well because he comforts her and they just cuddle for a bit, and that's really yeah. nice. Well done, show. Yeah. It's Better that hasn't happened in any other shows about teen drama. I've never seen it before in my life. I'm. I'll find one and I'll tell you you're wrong, but I think you're uh, right. If you can't, nicely. if you can't, if you can't think of it I right think, now, I don't I think, think it right. counts. Oh. oh no! Wait, Buffy did it. Buffy did it really Anyway, so what's the next scene? What happens after that? (laughs) So Nate and his mother go to uh, the police station. Um, All the lawyers are showing up there as well. And Nate's like, all this for like just a a packet of Coke? And they're like, um, no, no. It turns out Howard's been under investigation for a few other charges, not just cocaine possession. Mm. Something like um, embezzlement and fraud. And they've been building a case for a while. It's um, mm-hmm. it's really fortunate that they had a drug offense to bring him in on, isn't it? It's like, mm. you know, they probably were coming for him anyway, to tell the truth. Yeah. Yeah. She's definitely, there's definitely an, an, an aspect to her tone as well that's implying that this is Nathaniel's fault. Oh, it totally, uh, and it's it's like, totally oh, it's Nathaniel's fault. It's definitely not. It's oh. definitely not, but sure. According to Anne, totally Nathaniel's fault. It can't be her fault. It can't mm. be Howard's fault because she's connected to no. Howard. It must be Nate's because we can control Nate. Mm. And I I wonder whether this is just a case of now they have a drug charge against him, they can like issue search warrants and find all the stuff mm. that they've been needing to to really get this case going. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So then we get a little bit of a montage of what everyone's doing. Rufus and Lily are just watching this 24-hour art installation that he's got at the gallery because I feel that at like 3 a.m. no one else is going to be there. Uh, Jenny. And did you see they made a little love heart with their arms? I didn't. So there's like, so because both of them, they're both laying with like, so they're laying next to each other and like Lily and Rufus, this arm in the middle is like down. I just realised this, this is a podcast, so me doing it on a cam doesn't really help but like they've both got their hands up behind their head so your elbows oh. if you look it's like a little love heart that's really well done the cinematography should be uh should be applauded for this this is a good well shot episode suddenly the money that they threw into it is yeah. starting to come out this is um this is really well done um well it's good that they're all happy because jenny's about to throw a cat amongst the pigeons because she heads mm. up to hudson and shows up at a door and is like mum 
Mom, it's time to come home. Oh, that was a good Jenny. Yeah, I'm not bad. Uh, well, I do voices professionally here. Uh, and then Serena and Dan are cuddling. I don't know if this is post-coitus or not. It's, I don't really care. I assume they just had a wonderful night together, whether they no. had sex. No, they definitely didn't. 100% oh, they didn't. Because, because they were scared. 100% they didn't. Yeah, because yeah, that was the choice. Because otherwise, like, having that conversation and then, like, yeah, no, they definitely didn't. Is, I, I have a question. Mm. Did Dan admit that he was a virgin already to her? Was no. Okay, so she doesn't know. No. She, okay. You probably, that was really the time to do it, Dan. Like, if any well, time. Well, you know, they probably just, you know, offhand, or he'll just put on Gossip Girl probably tomorrow. And then he doesn't yeah. have to tell her. <laughs> yeah, he will. <laughs> Seed in, in, the part, in the loft. It's like, what loft? Oh, yeah, the Humphrey loft. I just happened to be there. Yeah. And Dennis in the limo. has got a huge wang. No. <laughs> <laughs> he would too. He would say that. <laughs> so what are the odds? <laughs> How did Gossip Girl know? Oh, weird. Gossip Girl yes, must be Serena. The most important scene. The most important, most important scene, scene of the we, series. I, I, well, I wouldn't say the series. Certainly the most important scene of the episode. This is where everything changes. I would say this is the 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 point. Where everything's been leading to. Yes, yes, because in the the limo ride home, I'm assuming they're just taking Blair back to her place. Mm-hmm. Chuck and and Blair start to kiss, and honestly, mm-hmm. the way they do this, this is the most high school thing this show has done. Just that idea mm-hmm. of being kind of drunk and that that closeness to someone is oh maybe we just make out now like why not I mean yeah. it's just it's just fun right now that. That felt yeah. very high school to me. Because that never happens as an adult. Like, that is only a teenage experience that no adult ever has. Okay. Okay, that happens all the time as adults as well. But the <laughs> fact that this is not a good idea for the, I mean, again, it... I don't know. Something about it struck me as very teenage. Yeah. Okay. Like, I just, you know what it felt me like for for uh-huh. why it made me feel teenage? Because it was that first kiss, that first moment between okay. the two of them where they're both acting on it and they're not really yeah. respond Like that time when the hormones are full blare. Oh, it's impulsive. Yeah, sure. it's super impulsive, which can happen as that adult, but certainly not as often. Because, sure, you know, more experience never, and you understand adults, these things. Adults never just impulsively make out in the back of a taxi cab or Uber. Ever. <laughs> I am clearly not living. Uh, <laughs> I'm not talking from my personal experience. Of course not. I'm talking of course not. from I'm talking from like stories. Taxi cab confessions. Other, yeah. Yep. And other like pop culture media. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and okay, so they do well, Chuck, well done to him for once. Uh halfway through stops and asks if she's sure. And I'm pretty certain she just tells him to shut up and keep. Now he is worried about consent. Now he is yeah, worried about consent. Yeah, because he cares about Blair. Because uh, he loves ha- her. Or has he started to learn from from past experiences? 
No, he's always loved Blair. He's only ever been acting out with the other girls. He thought Blair was with Nate and that was a done deal. That was just going to be the thing. So he's been dealing with an unrequited love his whole life. He's loved her since he was a child. They've like been in the same circles, but she's always been with Nate because they were always going to be the thing. And he's been dealing with this his whole life. Cool motive. Still sexually assaulted some girls. <laughs> oh, I'm not excusing that. These are <laughs> these two things are not related. There are two different lines of narrative okay. here. I'm very aware. Okay. okay. But, but- I... Look, them hooking up, it is hot. They've got it going on. Back of limo sex, way to go, Blair. Well done. Certainly not what she expected. Isn't it much better when you just let that bullshit that you've got planned for your life out of the way? I know. Coming from the coming from the person who had such a like concrete plan of like, you know, the masquerade ball with like all mm-hmm. these things, she would have had some sweet books and some like, you know, theme and she would have had like, you know, probably specific outfits and stuff planned. Yeah. All of it. Out the proverbial limo window or yep, sunroof. Along with her underwear. To be decapitated on a sign. <laughs> the Six Feet Under reference. Haven't watched that show in a while. Yeah, I should go back and watch that one instead of this. That's a good show. Actually, that's a... <laughs> hey, hey, hang on. <laughs> different shows. Good for different reasons. But also, but side note, great show. Should definitely go back and watch that. Well, that is the end of the episode. So uh, now that everyone's finished listening to this podcast, they can go and watch some Six Feet Under. Uh, yeah. However, we got we got to the end. Well done, us. Hey. Took us a little while, not as long as usual, but it took us a while. Oh, did uh, okay, great. A little bit shorter than usual. So there's a couple of things okay. that I didn't mention, but you know what? They'll come up later. This was not a, a huge D&D episode. I think we covered what we need to for role-playing games. But there is one thing left to do before uh, we really wrap the episode up. And that's something we do every week. It's going to be a tricky one this week, I feel, where we pick a we pick a character um, from yeah. the episode that we've just watched and we say how we would make them into a PC or an NPC in our games. And because, I've, Meek, have you got one ready to go? Because I do. Oh, you do? Okay, no, I'm not going to lie. I started thinking about this and then I got overwhelmed and then I just was going to leave it till sometimes I find when we talk about this, I usually change my mind mid-podcast anyway through points we discuss. Sure. Um, you need to start writing them down. It's, just still a, it's an empty page. Oh, all right. Well, I'm going to pick one. I'm going to say mine. And then if maybe you'll be inspired uh, through what I say about it. Okay. So mine is, I don't, I didn't feel, I've gone early on a couple of them before. Obviously I went early with Blair and I went early with Rufus. Um, This one is, I don't feel going to be an early one. It is Anne Archibald. It's Nate's mother. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. Because she would make a really good NPC, not quite villain, but somebody who gets in the way of the party every single time that, like, can never see the good oh. in them. Just a total mm-hmm. antagonist. Like, anything you try, they she will try to, they will try to block mm. you. And mm. just whatever you do, if you save the village, it's like, great, now we've got so many mouths to feed. Like, yeah. we, when we're going to die because of starvation, it's like, Yes, there was a plague, but it was killing people off that might have had to, like a super horrible person that mm. also kind of puts all of their, their good things in a, in a bad light and very passive aggressive about it as well. It's like, yeah, you destroyed mm. the bandits, but those bandits were some people's family, you know. Yeah. And just can't see the good in what the party does. It super irritating, and I'd really hate to be the game master mm. running them. But that yeah. would be the person I would pick because I know it would be a character that the party would love to hate. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's sure. what Anne Archibald is representing in this. Like the constant victim blaming of Nate, of putting everything on him because unable to accept the responsibility that she and Howard have had. That dislike, dislike, strong dislike, but mm. good, good character to use as a, as a villain mm. and a, a nasty person. Or it's like the 2IC to the BBEG as well. Like yeah. that, you know, the, the the head goon or the like, you know. I'm trying to think, what's, who's Strahd? Doesn't Strahd have a 2IC? He does. Um, I like believe a... it's Casimir, the um, the elf. No, uh, it's a different name, but it's certainly an elf steward. Uh, who yeah. Has I remember, yeah. Kind of sees Strahd as a brother and will just do anything for him. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's amazingly clever. I'm definitely well, not going to come up with anything of that you. level of thought. That's you know what you know what, Jeremy. I'm going to give you a point for that. Well, thank you. See, if, anyone, actually... if anyone wants to work out the rubric for how the point system works, feel free to email it in. Um... The reason I always have much deeper thoughts into these, not saying much deeper than you, um, just deeper in general, is because I don't allow myself to watch the next episode until I have filled out all these little sections, oh. and one of them is the NPC. So I have to come up with someone before I get to see what happens next. Uh, see, I want to. I really, really want to. I really want to choose Chuck. Might be the time. I really feel like I'm going to. No, I just. Oh, he's just. I just love enthusiastic Chuck so much. I want to play this. I want to play this episode Chuck so bad with like his little heart finally getting what it wants and like. Oh, but he ruins oh. so. He, he hurts everyone around him in this episode. Well, not everyone around him. He he screws things up for Bart just because he wants to make Bart hurt. It's like that's not a great. I don't think it him. was that malicious. Like I don't. I still mm. don't think. I think it was just a kid who was drunk on Bellinis, saying stuff, and he was really oh. just trying to help to let Lily know what was really happening, so that you know she could make a better choice. Maybe. I don't know. I'll give you that he was drunk, and he probably wouldn't have done it if he was sober. But there was a deliberate choice. To, to like he saw it was Lily and he's like I know what I'll tell her I'll tell her this and you know that'll screw dad yeah. over it's like that was a deliberate choice he didn't have to tell her at all mm. so I feel that there's a little bit he's he's not a great person um, yeah. but he is he has a spark right. of humanity in him okay I'm going to leave Chuck then because again I just I, I just I don't want to pick too soon and yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pick you too soon, but I'm going to go with the one note I hadn't made that was, and then I crossed it out, but I'm, I'm going to go, to, go with it. It's a bit boring, but Nate, right. As PC Nate, rogue Nate, oh, yeah. uh, going into find his dad's drug deal, like mission impossible oh, yeah. soundtrack. Nate. Dun, 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 uh, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I don't necessarily think he's a good rogue. Uh, no, I think he just gets no. a couple of lucky rolls every now and again. He's lucky. Um, yeah, maybe he's a halfling rogue. <laughs> no, he's too pretty for a halfling rogue. <laughs> don't judge, don't judge a halfling by its. I'm, halfling. I'm just saying that he has a lot of elf blood in him. So he, oh, he's yeah. a, Chase Crawford is very pretty. He and Serena, yeah, both high elf energy. Yeah, for sure. Oh, actually, you know what? Yeah, Nate as a high elf. Yeah, that <laughs> tracks. Maybe he multi-classes into, uh, into Druid as well. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, or Ranger. Yeah, I feel that he's um, probably yeah. a Druid. 
Look, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna just go with Nate as a rogue, just because I thought that that was like very perceptive, uh, and it's those types of things where you don't expect the players to see those possibly little things. I think that could have easily gone. It could have easily taken longer for Nate to get that information had he not thought to go and check out on his dad. Then had he not happened to be in the right spot at the right time to roll, you know, that yeah. perception check. Like I feel like the, the DM at that stage has been like, "Oh, it's a pretty high DC. What's that? You rolled a twenty-five. Oh, well, well, fine. Yep. Yeah. Well, fine. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, definitely not as eloquent as your response, but it is a response. It is a response. And you know, you have picked a character. That is a choice that you have made and it was an acceptable choice. I have. Yeah. It was a character from Gossip Girl, so that was a good start. <laughs> yeah, you haven't picked a couch again. <laughs> I said, that was one tea I changed my mind midway through the podcast on that. Because I was like, you know what would be a great NPC? The couch. The couch is a great NPC. I would love a mimic couch. Well, yeah. You know what? If the couch shows up again, and it might, we'll, we'll talk about the couch again. But that is okay. for a future episode. Uh, tune in next mm. week when we talk about episode eight, uh, 17 Candles, mm-hmm. which might have 17 candles, I guess. We'll find it's out. It's also one of my favorite episodes. I feel that these three in a row are one of my favorite episodes. Yes, I'm sure it is. Well, this I'm is sure this is all my favorite. This is all the romance stuff, right? This is all yeah. the like when I was watching this as a teen was like, this is this is going to be my life one day. Satine as in Moulin Rouge? No, this will be my life one day. Sorry. Oh, okay. But Sorry. I would also take I would also take Satine. Maybe that's fine. Anyway, okay. So we're wrapping up. Don't get me started. No, no, you remember Satine dies of tuberculosis at like twenty two, yeah. right? Okay, cool. Yeah. Um spoilers. I'm okay with it. if you would like to subscribe that will be wonderful so you can catch the next episode and you can watch uh the next episode of gossip girl before uh next week the the podcast comes out yeah i'm off we were off the rails from the start and i'm just i'm still going uh leave us a review on apple Podcasts. subscribe on spotify send me an email or instagram or twitter uh twitter and instagram at dndntvpod chuck an at gmail.com on the end of it and you can get the email meek where can people find you online oh i don't know if people want to find me after this episode (laughs) or you don't want them to find you more accurately i am i am at blushing underscore bard which actually is an appropriate handle considering the episode we've just done Yes, that's uh, I'm very definitely true. a blushing underscore bard right now. <laughs> uh, what else do I say? I think that's pretty much everything. Stay safe, be kind to yourselves, and uh, until next time, may all your hits be crits. Bye. Sorry again. <laughs>